<laughs> this is the worst thing I've ever done. Stop this now. <laughs> <laughs> that would be good. Welcome once again aboard Beef Station. Join us as we rocket through the stars at the speed of sound. I'm Oscar. Um, Andrew. Welcome back. Was a Let's get stuck into one. it. First episode recording for the new year. Yeah, I think I'm out of practice on the shit <laughs> intros. <laughs> we keep saying we got to stop like promising when we're going to be dropping episodes yeah. day and date in the episodes because I'm still recording. I'm, I'm still editing our Jojo Rabbit episode, which still hasn't dropped. And we, we keep we <laughs> well, keep saying fair, like the movie when you're listening like... to this in late December 2019. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got to stop rooting ourselves in a period of time. We're now several days into 2020, and. Uh, <laughs> Aside from a good route, and the only other thing I the only other thing I haven't gotten is this edit for Jojo Rabbit finish. Done, yeah. <laughs> Boom. Um, I think we should name this episode "Snoking Mids" because it's very smoky outside. What's the mids thing? Weed. Oh. That bit's unrelated. <laughs> All of the pun is in the first word, but it's two puns. Because it's also really smoky here at the moment. There's our episode title. Yes. Yeah, no, the episode, episode titles got to come from the last last fifty percent of the episode. Everyone knows that. You got to keep them listening. You <laughs> what? Know? If you give the episode, if you, if you make if the episode title is a bit strange and intriguing, like fuck donut holes. When do they talk about that? <laughs> and it's within the first twenty minutes. All that intrigue is gone. It's evaporated. Right. You got to harness that intrigue for the power of good and get them listening. Right. So it's going to be some fucking bizarre-ass title from the later half of the episode. Okay. So if we can just keep some of these chuckles going throughout the rest of the episode, Sorry. we'll I've be able to generate a good title. Busted my nut too early on the good title then. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I'll get back to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have a think. But keep it, keep it up top. I will. Until we're about three hours in and then we can, you know... <laughs> I'll keep it to myself. That's it. Okay, so uh, this week we are... Three hours, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't sign up for this shit. <laughs> this, this week we are covering the brand new-ish Star Wars Episode mm. Nine: The Rise of Skywalker, which just came out in the year past, in December 2019. We've both gone to see it. We have. We have some hot takes and opinions all about it, which we'll let you know about later in the episode, so yeah. stay tuned for that. We're the first people to have an opinion on this film. <laughs> people like, finally, the beat boys will tell me whether it's yeah. worth my while to go see the new Star Wars movie <laughs> or not. Finally, these two white fucks will talk about Star Wars. Why is this podcast called Two White Fucks? That's great. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah. iTunes user agreement for one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking... Uh, Oh, a fair few reasons, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, welcome to our new segment, Why Isn't This Podcast Called Two White Fucks? <laughs> Reason <laughs> number we, 27. Things we wish we could have called this podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> T- I don't mind that at all. T-W-W. Nah, fuck it. No, nah, there's three W's in a row. I mean, That's I think, fucked. I think this is three reasons. T-W-W-W. What do you mean three W's in a row? Two white fucks. That's T-W-F. Oh. 
No, I was things we wish we could have called this podcast. Oh, things we wish we could could have obviously is one word, so that's fine. So oh. T W W W C apostrophe V E could have gives you the C H, so it can be took. I reckon this bit's over. What are we doing? Could have called. Could have. Could have called. Things we wish we. So it's like. There it is. Welcome back to another episode of. The sound of someone being shot in the head with a dart. What an acronym! Don't fact check us on that. I'm happy with what we did. Blow dart. <laughs> I was wrong. We got a little bit more mileage out of that bit. <laughs> this week, we're doing Star Wars, but first... Dry sponge goes straight in the bin. <laughs> we'll cover some news, and then we... I think Oscar's got a little bit of beefness or pleasure. A little bit. A little bit. Oscar <laughs> got a little bit of beefness. $10,000, but for the rest of your life, you're not allowed to say little. You have to say whittle. <laughs> 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 $10,000, absolutely not. It's free money. <laughs> no, it isn't. <laughs> it's it's emotional trauma. A weedle bit. You have to go, a weedle. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I'm very sorry to tell you, Mrs. Johnson, but <laughs> Weedle Billy is dead. <laughs> <laughs> There's been a weedle problem. <laughs> There's been a weedle accident. <laughs> <laughs> I'd do it Free money It's worth it I reckon uh, Might as well Great um, Yeah Okay so Bit of bit of news Bit of beefness Or pleasure And then we'll decide Into later. the main segment But first We're we, We're seeing the return Of a Of a weekly segment Of a weekly segment That isn't weekly Alright hit me Where I hit the random button On Wikipedia article <laughs> And we see what the comedy gods And read the whole thing out week. So listeners Get their skip buttons ready. <laughs> <laughs> okay, today's random article is the weather underground, brackets, weather service. End what? Brackets. The weather underground is a commercial weather service providing real-time weather info over the internet. Weather underground provides weather reports for most major cities across the world on its site, as well as local weather reports for newspapers and third-party sites. <laughs> okay. Its information comes from the National Weather Service, NWS, Oh! Yeah, the other one. Where were they when we were making up acronyms? <laughs> the Weather Underground. That sounds way... I thought it was going to be like some like DJ duo. Oh, the company like is Daft- owned by the Weather Company. <laughs> yeah, the we- Weather Underground. Yeah, exactly. Daft Punk yeah. and the Weather Underground are playing a dual headlining <laughs> yeah. set in the um, basement. Weather Underground are playing a my house. IBM. My house. Yeah, right? I know the IBM owned the Weather Company. Yeah, there that's, you go. That's, that's, a big, that's big news. So there you go. The weather underground. Whoa! All right. So if you go, if you go slight, sorry, we'll just, just trying to blow out your ears. <laughs> one of your time. <laughs> yeah. If you scroll down to the history section, the weather underground's as I, original as logo. As I want to do. The original logo you, from 1997 is there. Oh yeah. They used that logo right up until 2014. Oh yeah. That's it looks a, like it was made in MS that's Paint. A busted logo. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like, like it's, it's rendered in shockwave flash. Instead of a gradient, it looks like they've drawn three circles with some sort of gradient effect. They have. It's I all believe. just. It was well, that all done cloud by the has a gradient on it. Yeah. It's, the three raindrops have gradients on them as well. It was all done by a work experience kid who just learned how to use like clip art in PowerPoint. Like, great, great I mean, visual bit for the listeners. You but. mean they're just giving us all these graphics for free? <laughs> 
Yeah, we'll never shit. have to hire a graphic designer ever again. Down the bottom, my favorite part of this is down the bottom. There's a uh, see also dot woohoo brackets <laughs> software. Dot <Wow>. woohoo. <laughs> well, I was thinking woohoo. You from wanna know the weather? Woohoo. Woohoo woo from The Sims. That is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the weather underground. There it is. What else we got? So it was it was based based in San Francisco, founded in 1995 by Jeff. Bezos. <laughs> By Jeff Weather. Yeah. <laughs> Who invented weather? The name is a reference to the 1960s militant radical student group, the Weather Underground. Oh. Which also originated at the same university where this Weather Underground was I feel like I'd heard founded. about them. That yeah. rocks. There you go. Oh, shit. You know what the website for the Weather Underground is? Thewonderground.com. Nice. That's that is so good. good. These people deserve my weather patronage. <laughs> But it's free. It's just I think it's ad revenue based. <laughs> Andrew just explaining one of the fundamental business models of the internet. Yeah, no, I was saying it's free, and then I was like, how do they make money? Fuck! Oh. Imagine watching the Weather Channel. The Weather Channel is a twenty-four hour fucking weather channel. I know it's crazy. That is crazy. Any twenty-four hour channel, like it doesn't it. The purpose of those channels is just so that you can at any point tune in and you only have to be watching for like an hour and you'll see something that you need. Right. Like ABC, like 24-hour news. It's yeah. like, that doesn't exist no so someone can watch that for hours. that long. Yeah. No. I feel like anyone listening to this is like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. In 1993, the Weather Underground... <laughs> Fucking hell. With rec- these bits, I always feel like I am absolutely dragging where I'm like, no, this is really interesting. Check this out. And you're like, yeah, can we fucking talk about movies now? No, I'm interested in this. In <laughs> 1993, the Weather Underground recruited Alan Sterenberg to play synthesizer on their third album. No. Oh, we're listening <laughs> to in- the... Well, right. And initiated a project to bring internet weather into K-12 classrooms. Weather Underground president Aram Sterenberg wrote... K2, K-212, right? The whole of high school? Yeah, no, it was some Android thing named K-12. This is very... This is confusing. <laughs> if, you, if you think it's confusing when you've got the article in front of you, <laughs> let me tell you. Wait ya. till you're listening to someone describe the article. Wait till you're listening to someone read the article <laughs> in their own head. Similar web. Uh, in, 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 in 2015... Similar web ranked the Weather Underground as the 98th most visited site in the United States. There what was go. the 97th? <laughs> now you know I don't have that information. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, very good. It's the second most. It was the second most viewed website globally. The most viewed web weather website globally. <laughs> According to similar web. <laughs> what was the most common? Fuck, it's dropped to 196. The current rankings have it at 196 in the United States. And it's dropped down to the eighth best, uh, the eighth most viewed weather website in the United States as of when we're recording in January 2020. That's brutal. Everyone at the Wonderground is going to be. <laughs> It's going to be, look, looking back on the good old days of 2015. 
one of the two the employees. The underground is short for weather underground. They're inexplicably based in Antarctica, and one of the two employees who has to keep the lights on at the station by pedaling <laughs> on an electricity generating bike is like slowly watching the number drop, regardless of their commitment. Yeah, solidarity. I've got the similar web top rankings of most viewed websites as of 2019 or 2020 or whatever. No, as of November 2019. Yeah. So um, the top ones. See, see if we see if we see if we can guess number one, the number one most viewed website in the United States. Okay, this is actually good shit. The number one most viewed website in the U.S. as of 2019. Easily. I think it's Google. Yeah. Okay. So the sec- are you going to be able to get the second one? Facebook. That's number three. Okay. Number two. Mm, Fox News. I think Facebook, but with uh, it's not Twitter, more is contentious it? homepages. Reddit. YouTube. Oh, right. YouTube. Okay, yeah. People hate the YouTube redesigns. Mm. Okay, Facebook's number three. Amazon is number four. Ugh. Yep. Unbelievably, <laughs> so this is kind of related to Google, unbelievably number five above Twitter, the number five most viewed website in the US. I'm ready. Yahoo.com. Oh, fuck. Who the fuck is visiting it's ex- Yahoo.com? It's exactly because it's the default for Microsoft. Like the is it? Uh, well, they have their Bing search, but then like I think other shit links oh, into Bing Yahoo sure. or whatever. Bing's number twenty. Get yeah, fucked. And it's yeah. only because it's default. Bing, is, Bing, Bing is below Zillow. <laughs> Fuck is Zillow? <laughs> is that like Mozilla? I don't know. All right. So the only porn website to make it into the top. T- no, the only porn website to make it above all your classics like Facebook and Instagram Wikipedia so Instagram <laughs> classics, and, yes. Instagram and Wikipedia and Amazon and Facebook and YouTube that's what you expect to be in the top the big 10, guns right? the big guns right yeah. so above the only inst- porn site in the A-League right. <laughs> is <laughs> so first division above Instagram and Wikipedia the only triple A porn website can you guess it Probably Pornhub. Pornhub, baby. Yeah. I've never heard of it. What is that? <laughs> I would. I don't know. <laughs> I've only heard of it because I've read this list so many times. Yeah, there you go. Office.com, 21. That's pretty high. I don't know what that is. Yeah, me neither. Target. Fuck. So the first, that's like a retail website. Target. Amazon's also. Oh, Walmart. Walmart's here, right? Yeah. Where's know, eBay in relation Where's to Amazon? eBay in relation to Amazon. <laughs> I mean... I, okay, so... Uh, I'm asking the question... With the context of being in relation to One, Amazon, two, three, don't four, do maths. Five, six, seven, eight. eBay is eight spots below Amazon. And Amazon was number four. four so 12. <laughs> well done. Thank you. Yeah. That's a one and then a two, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> number 28, indeed.com. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a single looping gif of Teal'c from Stargate SG1 saying... Indeed. Indeed. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Chris Judge. Also, the voice of Weather Underground. AccuWeather number forty. Yeah. Well, AccuWeather is what comes up whenever you fucking click the weather widget on your phone. It's because they got they got half of the word accurate in their title. Yeah. It isn't. If they were called Weather Overground, the people would trust them because they'd be able to fucking see the sky. I'm a bomb.gov.au man. I always have been. I always will be. Okay, that's our random Wikipedia <laughs> article for the week. What's number 16? Oh, I closed it. But I will open it again. I think number 16 was a porn website. No, it's email, live.com. Oh, okay. Interesting. There you go. 
Netflix is number 17. Oh, it's number 69. Oh, thank you. Oh, no, I have to pay for the subscription to... Oh, what? Anything below number Ah. <laughs> Chatterbait is number 47. How good would it be if... <laughs> I wonder if like, the lower half of this list is basically just porn. <laughs> <laughs> Probably is. <laughs> And 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 weather underground. It would be yeah. Sorry, <laughs> be great if um it let you see up to number sixty eight, <laughs> and I was like, you gotta pay, mate. <laughs> yeah, we all know why you're here. <laughs> all right, let's get this fucking podcast started. <laughs> Welcome once again. <laughs> yeah, that was our cold open. <laughs> all right. Um. So, news. You ready? Oh fuck! <laughs> no. Um. Hold on, that's me, isn't it? <laughs> that is you, yes. Ready? Yes. Beef pulling. Okay, so. Uncharted movie loses another director <laughs> after Travis Knight has announced that he may be dropping out due to scheduling issues. Sony's Uncharted movie starring Tom Holland as adventurer Nathan Drake has lost another director in Bumblebee's Travis Knight. Tom Holland <laughs> was going to be Nathan Drake? Yeah. Fuck, I forgot that. We talked about that. I know. He's so young. He is young. Anyway. I think he's a good pick. Well, I actually don't think he's ever going to be Nathan Drake because this movie is not getting made. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus oh, Christ. God. That's its sixth director. Travis Knight is... Yeah, I saw that somewhere else. He's, yeah, he's going to be... Exiting the project due to scheduling issues. Uh, the issues are accommodating the schedule of Holland's next solo <laughs> Spider-Man movie. Accommodating the schedule of me getting the fuck out of this directing job, I'll tell you that. Even though Uncharted is currently slated to come out in December 2020, Oof. production of the film is reportedly not going to happen before Holland does Spider-Man 3. Oh my god. Which they, I don't think, have started doing yet. That rocks. Is... is Uncharted owned by Universal? Uncharted is owned by some, like, 19-year-old university student that's (laughs) panickingly trying to put out a movie at the last minute. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. Uh, Yes, I think it is Universal. It doesn't say it here, but I saw that somewhere. Because, like, (laughs) you're basically just saying you're you're taking a huge contract with Disney to fuck over Universal. (laughs) Just like, (laughs) no, I'm not going to... Can you offer me, like, $3 million to act in your movie or whatever? I wonder how much Tom Holland gets paid for a Spider-Man movie. (laughs) <laughs> he gets paid in Uncharted movies. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> All right, next one here. Yeah. Um, the trailer for the new Quiet Place sequel, Quiet Place Part Two, has dropped. Haven't watched it yet. <laughs> right. But I plan on watching it. But and that's the new story here. We'll promise you this: it's dropped. It's dropped. Dropped. It has. It's written. Uh, Quiet Place Part Two is written and directed by John Krasinski. Mm-hmm. Part one was produced by Michael Bay, and it was good. Part produced two, by Michael Bay. Part two, also produced by Michael Bay. Okay. So, same team, it sounds like, that is on part one. Um, is Emily Blount involved in it? Yep, 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 she is. Okay. Along with Killian Murphy. And oh, I love that, that dude. dude named Digimon from Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> Who is that? Jimon, or whatever it is, yeah. Don't correct me. Sorry. <laughs> um... Okay, remember his face. He look. He's he's one of he's one of those dumb villains in the Guardians of the Galaxy. Is in Captain Marvel. Whatever. Yep. Digimon's in it. Sure. Yep. <laughs> he is an. <laughs> 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 
slow news day. <laughs> Quiet Place Part 2 is coming out. I'm copying the enemy. I'm reading out from the enemy here. So it says that Quiet Place Part 2 comes out in March 2020 in the UK. I don't know when it's coming out in Australia. March. March! <laughs> you That's fuck. very soon. Yeah. That's why they're dropping a trailer. There you go. Unlike, okay. unlike James Bond, which is once again in the headlines, <laughs> and is dropping trailers for a movie that's not going to be released until fucking April. Uh, yeah. Which, granted, it's only one month after March, but it's James Bond, and I'm sick of its bullshit already. Yeah, well, I feel like a trailer must have dropped ages ago. Yeah. So, James Bond. Rami Malek reveals how Freddie Mercury influenced his No Time oh, to Die role. Shut the fuck up. Including lessons he learned from playing Freddie Mercury. I've wore singlets. When asked about the challenges of the role... I've never worn a singlet Ra- before. <laughs> Rami Malek explained that he first learned how to avoid being a carbon copy when preparing to play Mercury. Right. But that's a role where he literally was tr- trying to be... Trying to play a copy I of Freddie Mercury. I didn't want to be a carbon copy. I wanted to be a, 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 a human copy, <laughs> you see. <laughs> because if I was made of diamonds, then yes. I wouldn't... <laughs> carbon, not a very believable substance. <laughs> if I... if I, I think w- he's actually American. He is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll do it in the Freddie Mercury voice, because there's a quote from him here. Yep. If I went in there and tried to make a carbon <laughs> copy of someone... <laughs> That's a way better Freddie Mercury. What joy or fun would that be for anybody? <laughs> I guess that may be a lesson I learned from Mr. Mercury. <laughs> not quite clear what the lesson is. If it's not original, then why bother? I mean, I've pocketed some things from some of my favourites. It's not. But I tried every day to imbue this character with <laughs> something I thought made sense for the character, <laughs> but might also at the same time be shocking and unnerving. D- d- so that's nothing. That quite means nothing. Freddie Mercury is a gooner. <laughs> <laughs> you see. I thought it would be better if it was less of a carbon copy and more of a mercury copy. <laughs> Good shit. And more of one of those, you know those old photocopiers that copied <laughs> everything in purple and smelled funny? One of those. <laughs> so I don't quite understand what the news is here. There's no news here. I agree. Malik also reveals how he joined forces with his Bohemian Rhapsody voice coach to... Bef- Craft the perfect accent for his Bond. Oh, good. Oh, well, I'm looking forward to whatever Fine. the fuck that is. Fine. Excellent. That's going to be a Wonderful. good one. Rami Malek saying that he's not just going to try and. Yep. <laughs> Famously, no American person has ever been bad, and so he can't have an American accent. He has to have probably an, a Middle Eastern accent. Okay. Let's be honest. <laughs> so, <clears throat> next headline. Yep. Do you know what a cat is? Oh. Do I? <laughs> so this Cats movie, <laughs> since we recorded our last episode, has been abs- it's been an absolute bomb. It, I think, has been one of the most disastrous releases in history. So I've, I've got uh, an article from Enemy here again, which is dated from a couple days ago, <laughs> but still says that... Uh, where are we? I don't know. What does it say? <laughs> it is currently sitting in eighth place at the US box office with 4.8 million. Okay. Overall losses could be heading towards the $100 million mark. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now we're talking my language. It made $38 million in two weeks at theatres. Oh. <laughs> 
That wasn't a groan. That was Andrew coming. Oh, that is like, such uh, a that's such a low number. Hell yeah! According to the according to Variety, the film will lose about seventy million dollars if it fails to make a hundred million worldwide. Oh my which god! Which is thought to be increasingly unlikely. Good that shit. is insane. It's uh, so poor. And its chances for success have been so diminished that Universal have now removed Cats from its website that is like a for your consideration page of all the films it's submitting for the Oscars. Damn. So I guess they thought that they were going to be submitting it, but now they are retracting it from Academy Award consideration. Budget was 80 to 100 million. Yeah. And so... But it hasn't even made half its budget back in oh two weeks. Oh my God. God. Hasn't even made half its budget back in two weeks. And they with movies, it pretty much needs to be like box office opening weekend and then the opening week after that. Yeah. That so is I, crazy. I didn't know heaps about cats, but apparently... They're so like a four-legged <laughs> mammal with <laughs> fur most of the time. They're like dogs without souls. Two ears, four legs, um, often so a tail. So apparently this movie Cats... Is based on this musical. <laughs> no, the musical is based on a series of poems by T.S. Eliot. Oh my god! But then, so which means the musical is like a disjointed series of just songs, like vignettes, vignettes kind of, which yeah. is what the movie turns out to be. But it means it's like a weird choice for a movie because for for, for a stage show, it works <laughs> it's out more well. More than one weird choice for a movie because <laughs> you're just watching all these different songs and dance numbers, which don't necessarily have to be connected. Yeah. But when they're in a movie, I'm. Uh, I still don't think I want to see it, but I think you could I'm intrigued by it in principle. I've not yet heard a criticism of it that didn't sound like they could have just done a better job and it wouldn't have been fucked. Like it, it's not like you can't turn the musical that's a series of poems and vignettes into an entertaining film. It sounds like inherently it's just like watch these people dance, listen to these people sing, look at these cool costumes. Yeah, it is. When that translates to it's a movie, to be a, it's meant to be a, a visualizer. Yeah. Well, when you watch a movie, no one's going to a movie to just watch people dance. Like, yeah. It has to be something a bit more than that. Yeah. I feel like maybe the that, that's that's an example of an area maybe where the audience for theatre and the audience for movies doesn't necessarily cross over as mm. much. The biggest news here, though, is the I mean, headline for this article. My question would also be, who's going to a theatre just to watch people dance and sing? Like, it doesn't interest me Ballet if there's no storyline. Boom. Yeah, but there's there's mostly a storyline for those, like a through a through thread. Yeah, of I've seen. Yeah, it makes no sense. Whatever. It's all in yeah, Italian. Anyway. Um, so the biggest headline here, the biggest news here though, is this headline, which has missed a huge opportunity for a pun by labeling this hundred million dollar loss a claw catastrophe. Even though, <laughs> and correct me if I'm wrong They're here, Oscar. there is a clear let me, opportunity. Let me get in ahead here <laughs> and say I don't think there's any other pun that you could make with that word. Like, why didn't they go with catastrophe? Well, that would just be the word catastrophe. They could have bolded it or, like, written capital C-A-T, catastrophe. Like, this isn't a pun at all. This is claw-tastrophe. <laughs> it's a claw-tastrophe. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> right? Who wrote this? Uh, NME. Neil Ro- no, no, Nick Riley. Well, Nick Come Riley. Come on, Nicko. What are you doing? You've you've really let us down, mate. It's been two days since you published this absolute stinker of a pun. <laughs> you still haven't revised it. Uh. <laughs> what did you find this headline in the litter box? <laughs> Fans and critics were largely critical of the film upon its release, with one calling it "quote way too horny for its yeah, own yeah, yeah. good." <laughs> well, I think it's got a PG rating, and I'm pretty sure there's an orgy scene. Well, because it doesn't look like. They don't look like cats. None of them look like cats. Uh, no, they They're look naked like people with fur on. Genetic aberrations. 
Yeah, I, I, I listened to some review where they were saying like some of them look like dogs sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> None of them look like that's very funny. Like, it's like it's like three out of ten. Uh, honestly, my biggest problem with it is that sometimes they look a lot more like dogs than like cats, and like, that's not the title of the film. Some of the cats have tits <laughs> in this movie. Well, like, yeah, furry boobs. <laughs> There's not even eight of them, it's just two. Some humans have furry boobs. It looks like humans in cats, in like furry morph suits. Yeah, it's fursuits. And at one point, Rebel Wilson's character? Peel character! That's brilliant. (laughs) You're just saying character in Italian. (laughs) Character. Um, Peels her skin off to reveal like a party suit. It's incredibly distressing. Yeah. So anyway... Okay, so... It's in my top five. Uh, last week, I did a story about... Maybe it was last week or the week before. Whichever the most recent episode of this we've released. I'm not counting Jojo Rabbit because I still haven't done the one yet. Yep. <laughs> um, recently, we did an episode where we talked about how California is revising its state taxation regulations sure. in order to better benefit film productions that are being filmed slightly outside of Los Angeles. Which is a story that was so wildly popular <laughs> that we need to delve back in. The fans are rabid. Right, so how's this? I'm pretty sure this story is not interesting. <laughs> Here we go. Noted. Italy box office up 14% in 2019 thanks to summer releases of Hollywood titles. Okay. Box office returns in Italy rose... (laughs) (laughs) Box office returns in Italy rose 14% in 2019. Box office returns in Italy rose 40% in 2019. To million euros, an uptick prompted by a joint effort from Hollywood and the local industry to schedule more summer releases (laughs) after the country suffered its worst ticket sales in a decade last year. (laughs) <laughs> it's not the economy. Ram it down their throats harder. <laughs> so the news here seems to be, if you put more movies on, <laughs> more people buy movie tickets and they make more money. <laughs> it seems to me, like maybe perfect evidence as to why the fucking trains don't run on time. That. <laughs> Where's Mussolini when you need him? That's all that I'm market saying. research cost a billion dollars. Also, the chief of Italy's distributors association's name is Luigi. <laughs> yeah, it's not a funny name over there. It's just a normal name. It's <laughs> Mario and Luigi made yeah. called Nick and Bob. It's just two guys, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Mario. Here's a Luigi. And people I hear are losing their minds. Hi, I'm, there. hi I'm Darren. This is Jared. We're plumbers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, that is so good. <laughs> Super Jared Brothers. Paper Darren and Jared. <laughs> Paper Darren and Jared Superstar Sucker. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Welcome to Darren Cart. <laughs> Welcome to Darren Cart 9. That one's the best one. Super Jared Galaxy. (laughs) (laughs) That's the game from the the guy from Subway. (laughs) 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 No good. (laughs) Some might have thought the release of a Nintendo game for me was a brave choice. It's uh, it's a game for kids. (laughs) 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 Next story. There's a bit more to go with this Italian. <laughs> oh, I reckon there isn't. 
J.J. Abrams explains that convincing Harrison Ford to return for Rise of Skywalker was, quote, super easy. Yeah, it was, it was, no, he almost, he almost wanted to do it. <laughs> All I had to do was promise him Indiana Jones 7, 8, 9, and 10, and he said he'd do it. All I had to do was promise him lots of money. I, he said no, and I said, Harrison, what if I offered you more money? And then he said no, and I said, Harrison, what if I offered you more money <laughs> and he said i'm listening and he said harrison if i offered you more money still would Fuck. you do this and harrison ford said okay in a, in a statement here that not even he believes <laughs> yeah exactly mm. yeah this just in harrison ford said he liked my movie <laughs> I mean, the story that J. Abrams would have you believe is that Harrison Ford was in some way emotionally moved by Kylo Ren wanting to reconnect with his father. Yeah. Fine. I mean, I I could understand if he was, and we'll get into this later, but I can understand if he was emotionally moved by some of the concepts in this film. But what I don't understand is if he were emotionally moved by this film. Because those are two very different things. Yeah, I'll come to your Singapore premiere as long as I can see those two chicks kiss. <laughs> what? <laughs> Blurry, out of focus in the background. It's like, what the hell was that? <laughs> <laughs> I saw news, which I've closed the tab to now, dear listener, that says that uh, <laughs> disgusting news, that's not funny, that Disney oh, yeah, censored and cut out the same-sex two ladies kissing, spoiler alert, at the end of this movie so that they could get a, a lower age rating in Singapore. Fuck you. Yeah, so that in order to increase their audience revenue share, they threw gay people right under that big old Mickey Mouse bus. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anyone who thinks that Disney is a good company needs to go <laughs> in the garbage, in the bin with you. Along with that scene that You're was cut out of the Singapore wrong. Of the movie. Well, look, I'd rather neither, but I'll settle for both. <laughs> Man, I wish I'd saved a funny headline for the last. Oh, that's the closer. Damn. Yeah, sorry. Um, no, I, I, yeah, I knew you're right. No, I, sh- I, I, I wasn't organized this time. <laughs> that's all right. Good news segment, boy. Star- well done. <laughs> Star Wars. I'll try this one. This one's not funny. Okay. We just won't mention the fact that Disney is censoring gay people in Singapore, and we'll be fine. Okay. Right? okay cool. Yep. Star Wars star Kelly Marie Tran, who plays Rose in the movies, yep. on the challenge of shooting Leia's scenes. Um, oh, God. This is good shit. So this, she, she plays Rose, and this is this story is all about... So Rose, for those of you who don't give a fuck about any of the names in Star Wars, her character was the one at the end of the last movie that pushed Finn out of the way of the giant death beam to save him, and then was like, I love you, and then macked him, and he was like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> well, I think she's one of the first. That's Rose's she's character. She's one of the first, like, um, like Asian characters that we had in a Star Wars movie ever. Yep, I think. Um, and I think she was a great character. I liked her character, and I liked all the shit that happened with her. It was a shame that she was like sidelined, and barely in this third one at all. Mm. Probably sidelined just because J.J. Abrams is a petty motherfucker who has to cut out every single Absolutely. thing that Ryan Johnson. Absolutely. Has done. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I feel like the implication... Am I wrong in this? I feel like the implication was that she died at the end of the last one. Like, I, I thought she died. I thought it was like she sacrificed himself. I don't remember enough of the last one to remember whether that's true. Well. 
Um, so, despite not... So, I'm reading straight from the Hollywood Reporter here. Despite not directly addressing her character Rose Tico's diminished screen time in this new movie, Tran does explain how challenging it was to shoot Leia's scenes with pre-existing footage of the late Carrie Fisher, who, of course, passed away recently. Um, some of these R. scenes R. even required reshoots. Uh, because there's a lot of scenes in this new Star Wars movie that we're about to talk about where it's, like, over-the-shoulder shots of, like, <laughs> an extra wearing the, the bun bagel wig... <laughs> <laughs> playing like the back of Leia's head. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there, was, there was definitely a few hand doubles where like yeah. Leia would hand something to someone and I'd be like, well, that's not fake. <laughs> Those aren't her hands. You can't fool me. I know Carrie Fisher's hands when I see him, and those aren't that them. That whole scene where Carrie Fisher was like, bruh, 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 yeah, bruh, she, she had the googly the eyes on her, <laughs> on her index figure. I was like, womp, 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 womp. <laughs> I don't know why she'd be talking like a Banjo Kazooie <laughs> character in fucking Star Wars or whatever. Uh, um, so, uh, 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 <laughs> Kelly Marie Do you Tran. Remember Star Wars? That like video from the early 2000s that took place in a supermarket and mm-hmm. everything was like. Vegetables and shit. It's like Cuke Skywalker. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was pretty it was funny. one of those viral videos that you used to share on USB sticks. Yeah, I remember that. Good shit. Yeah, I think I watched it on my iPod video. Fuck, I think I've watched whole movies on an iPod now. Oh, I absolutely. I've, I've watched <laughs> hundreds of hours of content on a, like, I think it was like a two and a half, two inch, and a half screen. inch screen. Yeah. Insane. Um, and nowadays people are like, you can't watch The Irishman on your phone. <laughs> I'll watch it wherever the fuck I want. Yeah, because well, you don't have any standards. Yeah. I got seven hours and a phone battery that'll almost last that long. I could watch The Irishman halfway through. (laughs) (laughs) She said, it's one thing to sit there... Buying a portable battery pack so you can watch The Irishman. Hey, um... I'm just I'm looking to buy a bottle of battery pack so I can watch the Irishman. Yeah. How many milliamp hours do I need? I've heard it's like twenty hours long. <laughs> so I need to be able to stream video for at least that long. Can I run this portable generator on leaded fuel? <laughs> I'm gonna be in the outback and that's all they have. Fuck. Uh. <laughs> it's one thing to sit there, look at the footage and try to react to this footage the the the, the the banked footage they had of Carrie Fisher. Oh, that's what we were talking about. <laughs> but a lot of the big group fe- group scenes felt like they were puzzle pieces, if that makes sense, she told The Hollywood Reporter. I think there were more reshoots on those scenes specifically, just to try and make sure all of the performances matched up, since Carrie Fisher wa- wasn't physically there. And she said that there were, she alluded to some, a lot of the other cut footage of her character, which plays in the concluding battle on all those starships on Exegol. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert, there's a big star battle. <laughs> there's, a, there's a battle with ships in it. Um, it was insane to be running across this platform, which I know you only see for like a second in the movie. <laughs> but we shot it so many times, <laughs> Tran explains. I remember having bruises on my knees the next day because we kept running and then we'd fall into our knees. I had bruises on knees. Stuff. <laughs> and I don't think that scene's in the movie. So she was like running and diving onto her knees all fucking day oh, and they cut God. the scene out. That's good shit. That is good shit. Well, fuck off, JJ Abrams. <laughs> fuck this new movie. Yeah. Um, well, should we should we get into it then? Dovetail and do a bit of that then. Um, yeah. I suppose we probably can. Um. All right. So that was Beef Bulletin. Might as well use this as a uh, convenient little way to transition into our coverage of brand new Star Wars movie, Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. Yep. For the week. I think we mentioned at the top of the show we were going to do a bit of Beef and Stop Pleasure. We, it looks like we're going to be more than making up time. We don't need it. Short story is I watched Lady Bird this week and it was good. Watch uh, Lady Bird. Greta Gerwig's got a new film, Little Women, coming out that I've also heard is great. Going to watch that. 
Greta, I hardly know her. Gerwig, I hardly know her. Gerwig. I initially started with Gerwig and then worked back to Greta and I was like, oh, that's way better. <laughs> that's way better. Greta. Greta. <laughs> Get out of this bit. Um, Fuck off. All right. So, uh, Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Directed by J.J. Abrams, who, mm-hmm. of course, directed, in terms of the Star Wars universe, he directed The Force Awakens. Rian Johnson, of Looper fame, directed <laughs> The Last Jedi. Listeners, if you know if it's meant to be pronounced Rian, and after Ryan Johnson. Or Ryan, <laughs> tell us. But until then, I'm going to eat 50-50 split, yep. perfectly randomly alternating between the two. And we're not just going to Google it, because we know we could. Right, so yeah. um, the way this trilogy of 7, 8, and 9 worked is J.J. Abrams did 7, The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Ryan Johnson did 8. And J.J. Abrams has come back to finish off the trilogy with this new movie, Rise of Skywalker, Episode 9. Was it ever clear why Abrams didn't also do the middle one? I don't know. Um, I think that... No, I don't know. I think that maybe Ryan Johnson was going to come and do a trilogy. Right. And maybe this was going to be him like, dipping his toe in the water. No, I have no idea why. It's a very strange thing. Well, that's my opening criticism of this movie, I think. If we're going to dive straight into it, we'll give a, a brief overview of the plot by way of a blow-by-blow summary in a moment. But my opening criticism of this movie, and it's one that probably people have seen everywhere, is that a lot of the time that J.J. Abrams has in this movie to round up this trilogy, which has had two movies worth of plot that's been building up to this and character development that's been building up to this key moment in this trilogy is spent pissed away trying to retcon shit that happened in number eight. Yeah, it's almost petty. Almost petty. It probably is really petty, we just don't have full visibility on how petty it was. The insane degree to which Ryan Johnson goes to make the changes and the plot points that... Sorry. The insane degree to which J.J. Abrams goes to sort of retcon or make redundant any of the choices that Ryan Johnson made in episode 8 is just... It completely breaks me out of the movie. And this, this starts all the way back at the very, very, very beginning of this new movie. So, mm. um, <laughs> the, the, the brief... the brief For those of you that don't care about Star Wars, they just want to hear us break it down and attack it for the next hour. Um, <laughs> hopefully not an hour. We'll see how we go. Um, number seven set up this new empire, the First Order, and their leader, this emperor-looking dude named Snoke. Yep. Emperor Snoke. Which, if you weren't familiar Snoke with it... Or whatever the fuck. That was my sm- S- Snoke and Mids joke. <laughs> in the... Uh... Um, Dominal, <laughs> Dominal Gleeson played the angry, red-headed sort of second-in-command. And... Uh, fucking Adam Driver played <laughs> Kylo Ren, who is like the um, Sith Jedi dude on the dark side for these three movies. Right. Um, in the second movie... The, the, so the main, the main complication of this first movie was Rey, who is this sort of like... Um, what was her last name? Ah, uh, <laughs> has got me. <laughs> uh, Ray, Ray, played by Daisy Ridley, played this like junker farmer's daughter uh, type thing on a planet that's definitely not Tatooine. Uh, and she's like, she just wants <laughs> yeah, to yeah, know, yeah. Like, oh, who are my parents? I just want to know who my not, parents not are. And not, not Oween, that's great. Uh, nada, not <laughs> <laughs> Um And so the, the big change in episode episode eight was when Ryan Johnson released his film and made Luke Skywalker this, like, 
kind of embittered old Jedi, old bum that run like, away, had given up completely, and was terrified of the consequences that his choices could have on yeah. the universe, and so it hid himself away in this little. And island. he was completely disillusioned with the entire dichotomy of Jedi and Sith, in particular the establishment of Jedi's, and so yeah. like that was a big thing because like Luke Skywalker is the, the hero, the, of the Jedi, right? Yeah. And so for Johnson to be like the Jedi has given up on it, yeah, that's a big fucking decision, and I think. Yeah, right. And so that's that's one example of a concept in the movie that was completely abandoned in episode nine. Yeah. Um, uh, but big choices that were made in episode eight, for example, were the idea that it was revealed by Kylo Ren, who was the evil guy. Adam Driver. Eight, Adam Driver. Um, he said, like, your parents were no one. They abandoned you on that junk planet. He actually said, not your, because your parents they were, were no one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> big nips. <laughs> uh, <laughs> They're not big. They're tiny. They're just... Uh, an immense distance apart. See, <laughs> 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 so he said, like, your parents were no one, and they abandoned you because they were no one, and they they weren't trying to protect you because they were famous or whatever. They, you, you're no one. Your parents are no one. You don't deserve anything that you. And so, but then <laughs> once again, no one. To some degree, that was an inspiring part of the movie because the whole the whole Star Wars movies saga in the past have been resting on, resting on this crutch of this like weird fucking like monarchist kind of heritage lineage yeah, yeah where it's like, like you gotta be a Skywalker to have any force powers because it's Vader and Luke Skywalker and fucking all this shit yeah. um, so then they have a character who's just strong off her own bat is inspiring and exciting and it's a new unique turn for the series yeah it was a big call um, uh, it's almost like Ryan Johnson was a good filmmaker. Yeah, right. Another example and a good of, writer. So that was a cool, exciting, unique turn, which is one of the reasons why I loved Rise... Uh, what the fuck was that? Last Jedi. I don't know. Um, the names of these films, and for so that matter, generic. everything in the entire Star Wars universe absolutely it sucks. sucks. It Every sucks. single name. Um, so then another big, another big change uh, that Ryan Johnson made is he killed Snoke. And said, like, nah, Snoke was no one, don't worry about him, which is a little bit weird. And already I think that was a red flag of signs of things to come. I was like, right, well, that doesn't quite line up with what was being set up in episode seven. Yeah. So what's but it going was a, on? It here? was a big bait and switch. And I think pr- probably, if I had to speculate wildly, that Ryan Johnson wanted to make the main antagonist be Adam Driver's I suppose character. So. so then my question here when you when it comes up is why was Snoke ever in the first place? And this I think was the first warning sign of like, right, it kinda seems like maybe they don't have a plan. A plan <laughs> for these three movies. In the same way as Disney does for all the Marvel universe stuff. It seems like they don't really have a have a plan. And so when Snoke is killed in number two Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> spoiler alert. Fuck it. Um, all of them. Uh or number two of this trilogy. Fuck. Yeah. When Snoke is killed in number eight. Yeah. Um, whatever. We're, ne- we're never going to be talking it about. It makes the old you ones. wonder, like, well, what's going to happen in number nine then? Because yeah. Kylo Ren is kind of this immature young dude. He was serving this emperor dude. But obviously, he makes the big, big, big call to uh, become the bad guy. So he becomes the big and, supreme leader of the whole fucking thing. Push Indiana Jones off a bridge. <laughs> Cut Thanks. to the opening crawl of Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker, um, which immediately announces out of nowhere that Emperor Palpatine is not dead. Fr- who was the villain from? Who was the villain from the original trilogy? Who Darth Vader threw down the pit at the, the end of Episode Six? The evil dude with the hood on that shoots Force lightning. Yeah, yeah, that guy, Ian McDead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, he's Ian McDead now. <laughs> 
<laughs> Apparently not. He's alive. Yeah, you're um, right. So the first opening. Here we go. We're gonna, gonna go. Opening sentence of the plot summary from Wikipedia is already following a thread of revenge by the presumed dead Emperor Palpatine. Yeah, presumed dead is doing Ky- just a wonderful amount of lifting. First there. clause of this sentence has revived Emperor Palpatine. Kylo Ren obtains a Sith Wayfinder device, leading him to the uncharted planet of Exegol. Ex- so Exegol. all of a sudden, you're like, all of a sudden, in the first opening crawl, first minute or two of the movie, it goes, it goes like. Emperor Palpatine's not dead. Kylo Ren is the leader of everything, and there's a secret planet where he's building a secret army to take over the whole galaxy. And you're like, Holy fuck! That's a whole movie right there. Yep. Already explaining and setting up emotionally why it's okay to just revive the Emperor, who, as I an article I found earlier today, they pointed out that the death of the Emperor is an important emotional crux of the final episode six bit of that episode six movie. Yeah. Where um, Darth Vader turns from the dark side to the light side to, to sacri- protect his son. To protect his son, he watches his son being tortured to death. He watches the Emperor betray him because he thought he was going to be the one to lead the Empire, right. and he gets fucked over. So it's this whole culmination of events over the series of three movies to lead to him killing the Empire and the Emperor mm. um, to save Luke. And so then for J.J. Abrams to be like. Oh, I remember him. He's alive. He'll be great. Let's use that character. Insane. Insane. And it, um, it's so born from someone or some group of people in a boardroom being like, no, you have to have a big evil villain dude. And it's so uncreative. Fuck. And it, it just makes me so upset that it, it's clearly like, because I think that when uh, The Last Jedi was coming out, there was, I think, r- press surrounding it where Ryan Johnson was sort of proudly saying like, oh, they, they're they going to let me do whatever I want with this movie. And yeah. we thought like, oh, awesome. Cool, that'll be finally. Great. Yeah, exactly. And then we thought like, oh, great. Well, that'll be awesome because Ryan Johnson's a great director and how cool is it going to be to watch him just go crazy on the last, on, on this Star Wars saga? All of us assuming that they knew what he was going to be doing and they were going to be setting it up to make a cohesive through line for the whole trilogy. What's the point in having a trilogy if the movies don't, connect in any way yeah and the big problem with this third, this this ninth movie is that it just doesn't so it sets up it sets up palpatine in the opening crawl of this movie as the villain of this this movie that you're about to watch yeah even though he hasn't been referenced at any point throughout the rest of the movie it's so clear that like jj Abrams throughout like, the trilogy yeah yeah throughout this new trilogy he hasn't been referenced at all so it's so clear that jj Abrams was like yeah okay and then we're gonna we're gonna kill we're gonna get snoke and he's gonna come out Ryan Johnson killed what? Yeah, he killed well. Snoke. It's just so clear that Ryan Johnson, that J.J. Abrams had a script already that had like Snoke, and he just crossed it out and wrote yeah. like Pal- uh, Palpatine. Yeah, absolutely. And then yeah. how, how lazy that he couldn't be bothered to think of his own unique character that he had to just rest on the laurels of this existing character. I mean, I think it almost would have been worse, though, because he spent, like, an entire film establishing Snoke's threatening presence. And I reckon I reckon you're right about the crossing out thing, because the fact that, like... It makes absolutely the, the no sense. The fact that Palpatine is secluded on this fucking remote He's planet of Exegol. Like, oh, no, there's a secret planet that Palpatine was on the whole right. time. But if you recall, Snoke <laughs> always appeared as a hologram. And yeah. so I think he, he fully intended for Snoke to be on the uh, Exegol planet. Yeah. Where so, so it almost makes me upset that, that it's like, well, then if you didn't, if you didn't, if you had a plan for this third movie, 
why the fuck did you let Ryan Johnson do whatever he wanted? Yeah. No, you could still have had Ryan Johnson to make a great episode eight mm. by saying, you can do whatever you want, but you have to hit these story beats. You have to keep these characters because right. I need them for episode nine. And it would have still been great. Some of the cinematography, some of the storytelling, some of the dialogue in episode eight were some of the best you've had in the whole series. Yeah. Ever since like the 1970s. But I think part of the problem is that the storyline of episode 7 was so tired because it was just an absolute recycle of A New Hope. Well, I, and so I, would, I think yeah. the concern would on uh, Ryan Johnson's part probably would have been, I'm worried that they're going to force me to remake episode 5. Yeah. And See, I, was, I think they were. <laughs> I was almost prepared. I was kind of prepared to give episode seven when it came out. It was the first new Star Wars movie in almost like, you know, 10 or 15 years. Yeah. Uh, I was prepared to give it a bit of a pass to be like, all right, fine. Well, if you need this to. This is just fan service. If you fine. need to give it a bit of nostalgia to set up the hype for a new trilogy, fine. It's almost exactly the same plot as the old trilogy, but fine. Garbage. Fine, whatever. Go for it. But then. Yeah, just 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 to know that they didn't have a plot the whole way through, that they were just sort of fucking winging it. I think this uh, whole yeah. time. I think they did have a plot. I think I th- here's what I reckon. I reckon uh, I reckon Abrams did have the plot worked out, and um, he probably had the script not fully developed or not fully available or something like that, but like knew what he was going to do with the yeah. characters. Because the other thing is, he's not writing these films as well, right? He so co- no, he co-wrote He co-writes them. Yeah, he co-wrote the new one. Yeah, right. Okay, so The Force Awakens wasn't written just by Abrams either, right? So Force Awakens was written by like Lawrence Kasdan and Michael Arndt. Well, and, Lawrence and Kasdan wrote the original movie. Exactly, right? So he maybe he had an oversight or something like that. And Michael Arndt has written on Little Miss Sunshine, Toy Story 3. So like he's also got some chops under his belt, right? But the is that an expression? Chops under his belt? Absolutely, Absolutely not. not. It's not, is it? <laughs> I'll give Whatever. you a pass, though. Go for it. I think he's got chops. He's got some good titles under his belt. Where are those chops? I don't know. Um, are they... Up his sleeve. He's got some chops in his pockets. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the... He's got steak on his nose, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> 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 Michael on. So... Oh, boy, he's got a liver or two. Uh, he's got some sausages in his ears. Abrams isn't the sole <laughs> writing credit for... <laughs> he's got grey matter coming <laughs> out the wazoo. One more. <laughs> uh, I could go for another hour. Okay. Um, I'll see you in... I'll see you. Come back at five o'clock. Yeah, now. sorry about that. So, and, and then this one, this screenplay, was written by Abrams and Chris Terrio. So, episode seven was Whatever. written by... Whatever. They're written by Abrams plus a collaborator. Right. But the point still stands that I think the worst of this trilogy are seven and nine. And I think that I was going to give seven a pass, hoping that maybe eight does something fun and unique, and then nine is this great conclusion. But yeah. no, it was like seven is boilerplate and shit and generic, Eight was them letting him go off the rails stupidly and for no good reason. Yep. And then nine was them pulling that back into being boilerplate and generic again. Well, I think it's, uh, but it's, it's as if like they had wished they didn't, they wish they hadn't let Ryan Johnson yeah, make sorry. the movie. My point was going to be I think Abrams had the script and I think he had an idea of what it was going to be. And then he, they let, uh, Johnson actually have creative freedom and he made decisions that meant that the a- original ideas that Abrams had were impossible now. And so like he made th- like killing the main antagonist, right? Yeah. That's a permanent thing that if you make it not permanent mm. is really weird and doesn't really work very well. Yeah. And so then they get into the last film in the series. Johnson's made all these 
massive left turns that are really interesting and you really want follow-up on them, right? And then Abrams goes, well, I don't... I still want to do the original shit that I had in mind. So instead of coming up with something that builds upon what Johnson did, I'm just going to do what I'd originally thought, but I'm going to find a way to bend all of the stuff from the middle movie to fit what I already had in mind. So that's why there's so much retconning and undoing is because he wanted to like bend the rails back to be his original kind of path. So I I agree. I think it almost is. It it very much feels like they wish that they hadn't let some of the things in the middle film happen. Yeah. And it just makes this one feel so uh it it it's this bizarre combination of nonsensical, poorly justified, but also the the pacing of this film. It is a breakneck pace. Well, it's just the entire uh, time. Yeah. So much shit is happening because he needs to do so much legwork to undo all of these weird quirks mm. and then redo some of the main story points. So like Characters are introduced, like there's a character that's introduced and in the next, she's introduced in one scene, never Which appears again. The one with the helmet that Poe Dameron knows, the pilot. So she's introduced and she's like, she has the MacGuffin that they need. And then in like the, I think she gets like 30 seconds of screen time or something. <laughs> and then in the next, I think it's the next scene that she's in. Oh, on that planet where he used to be a spice smuggler or whatever. Right, yeah. yeah. On the next scene... She's like farewelled. Yeah, it's crazy, and, it's, and there's no reason for her. She, she, they cram in all of his backstory between the two of them, where they like maybe were lovers. You're yeah. not really sure. I saw, and it's sp- not just non-verbal storytelling because they're literally just conversing about their. It's like direct exposition about their character backgrounds, about like yeah. you, you remember when we used to blah 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 blah, <laughs> yeah. and that's yeah. it because they have to establish that these characters have a history, but then they never use it again. It is bizarre. Yeah, well, I, I saw that um, the the other writer that worked with J.J. Abrams on this new movie said that there were initial discussions about maybe trying to split this into two movies, which obviously were never going to oh happen. Oh, my like, God. That that would have given this <laughs> then story... Then it's not a trilogy. Now, if, if this movie had been two movies, you would have had so much more room for this yeah. guy says he wanted room for everything to kind of breathe, and that would have been so much better, oh, I thought. good God. Um, and it, it had saying, no room to breathe. What were you what you were saying reminded me of a brilliant deconstruction of J.J. Abrams' writing style that was published on Collider just this week. Oh, yeah. Just last week, which I you might take the this. liberty of just reading big parts from because I think it's a really interesting deconstruction of what it is that this guy thinks is problematic about the way that J.J. Abrams writes movies. So just stop me when you get bored. Okay. Don't say stop just yet. <laughs> um, stop. So he was listing over. He was listing sort of his JJ Abrams' credits, all the past shit he's worked on. He said, "When you look at all these features, what you see is someone who loves the comfort that fandom provides and the nostalgia of iconography. You also see someone who never really works to drill down deeper into what his characters or what his story is doing. For Abrams, movies are about the ride and these moments, not about the cohesive whole. And he's about and he's able to cover that up through strong characterization of breakneck pacing. You don't really have time to consider that an Abrams movie isn't." working or that its story beats don't quite connect because he's already moved on to the next scene. Yeah. For a guy who's got his start as a screenwriter, you should have some concept of storytelling and it's fascinating that his stories are consistently kind of weak and rely too uh, heavily on revelation. 
So it talks about a past movie that he's done a bit more, and then he says, sure. uh, for, Abram, for Abrams, it doesn't really matter if a film is less than the sum of its parts, because all the parts are all that matter. If you just hit the individual scenes, then it doesn't really matter if the connective tissue is weak or non-existent. The button he wants to hit is nostalgia and recognition of the audience. So, for example, when John Harrison exclaims, I am Khan, in the Star Trek Into Darkness recent movie that he did, mm. the reaction Abrams wants is from his audience from his audience is surprise and adulation because they remember what Khan from Star Trek the Wrath Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan is like and it's meant to piggyback on that positive mem- memory you used to have about that movie right. but Abrams doesn't acknowledge why this reve- why this reveal fails to work in its own movie mm. the Kirk the, the Kirk and Spock who learn this information shouldn't be shocked their reaction should be who? because Abrams created a different timeline, but Abrams yeah. goes to the bits of nostalgia at the expense of the whole. Similarly, in The Rise of Skywalker, you can see the twin forces of, Abraham's story, of Abrams' storytelling outplay, nostalgia and mystery. Even though The Last Jedi gave us a pretty good answer to Rey's lineage, um, Abrams kind of rejects that to reignite this mystery, and the answer, the answer to who is Rey's parents, and you answer it with nostalgia. Mm. And so he's just bringing back, and so the rest of that gets a bit more spoilery. But he, the point this writer is making is like, um, he just he just pulls back from the the previous canon of Star Wars characters and plot lines and things to try and give you this sort of emotional shorthand for the shit he's adding into his movies. Right. So when he brings back Emperor Palpatine into this new movie, this guy's saying like, well, he could have put in the effort. To create a new villain, if you have to create a new villain, or if you yeah, which I don't think you do, but or whatever, or he could have yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, But instead, he's like, no, I'll just get the existing villain, Palpatine. People already have some sort of emotional connection with Palpatine. I'll bring that in. Um, And uh, what uh, the thing that I I really am uh, shocked at is like that the the pacing of this film is enjoyable to anyone because I was so. I don't know. I, I maybe I, it's because I'm watching it with a particularly critical eye, but I feel like even normal people that went to this movie that were just actually just trying because I went to this thinking it was going to be bad, and I was right. But <laughs> normal people probably wanted to go to this film and enjoy it. God forbid. I wanted to enjoy this. I watched it with my dad, and he liked it. Yeah, like right. A, oh, it's it's a fun nonsense action movie kind of way. That see, that's what bugs me so much because I because know be that so, there are Last people. Jedi was so good. Yeah, but yeah. I know that there are people that just don't care about the bad things. Like they don't care that the interstitial well, fabric is weak. I feel like with Star Wars, you want it to be good. So what this guy says, I'll, I'll, this is the last little bit I'll find here because it was reinforcing what I was thinking about Star Wars uh, Palpatine before. He's, this ca- this guy from Collider says, take Palpatine for instance. He's a he is a character you had a strong emotional attachment to because he played a major role in past Star Wars. films. Films. The reasoning goes that if you drop him into this new Rise of Skywalker film, then the strong emotional attachment carries over, and you haven't had to really create anything new to yeah, do that. Yeah, he's using a shorthand, yeah. And yet Abrams has clearly missed the necessary story beats and thematic consequences of this action. Palpatine needs to die at the end of Return of the Jedi, yep. episode 6, because that's how Vader and Luke reconcile. The act has emotional and thematic meaning for the major characters in the film, and if Palpatine doesn't die, then Vader lost his life for nothing, the bad that guy wasn't defeated, and it's a completely inconsequential ending. Right. And I, I was listening to some other commentaries on this where they were like, in order for this to work, you have to invent so much of why that might be possible. Like, in order for Palpatine to be back, he either had to not die in that crazy explosion at the end of episode six, which is just implausible because, like, I don't know, he, he got, like, vaporized, right? Or... 
it was a different Palpatine, and like Palpatine is some mm. Palpatine's either like something that's formed uh, from the summation of all of the Sith in the world, which is sort of alluded to at this film. Should we just say spoilers? I, I'm, I'm sick of dodging in, around spoilers. In a sec, but okay. I don't. Not, nothing that I'm about to say is necessarily because a spoiler. Because things about how they could have brought Snoke back for this final film right. that I think are so stupid that they just missed it, that they should have just done it. Yeah, and like the the way that... Well, I mean, there there is even a point where Abrams kind of... It's Has a, Snoke in it the It seems like a bit. fuck yeah. you because he's like, I could have done that and I didn't. So I chose stupid. not to. Um, which is alluding to this other thing, which is the idea that maybe the Palpatine, because there was a Palpatine in the original, uh, the the prequels as well, the, right? Yeah, well, that's how that's how it was the story Chancellor arc Palpatine. Uh, Senator or Chancellor, he was like a politician. Yeah. Uh, on Coruscant, I think, in the episodes one, two, and three, and he turns, and he was always secretly working for the Sith. Right. And he is deformed, I think, in yeah. episode three. And becomes the hooded grotesque by the dude by this dark side of the force. I think, or whatever. I think his lightning. I think his lightning. Ref- he tries to lightning someone that reflects off him and makes him all wrinkly. Yeah, <laughs> makes him so stupid. Makes him uh, a grey scrot. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. No, that's probably as good as it gets. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, so yeah, and then he becomes the emperor for three, four, and five. Right. So it, the question is like, he, yeah, he just ah, oh, the idea that. If if the original Palpatine died at the end of six, why? Who? Wh- what's? Wh- where has this new Palpatine no, been for the he whole time? Die. He wasn't dead. Well, the, the, the power of the Force kept him alive. The power of the dark side kept him alive. Right. That's the that's the laziest possible way that you can possibly but this do it. Whole movie is just the laziest possible way. Like, right. So Ray um, has to train to be a Jedi for this movie. I still object to the fact that Ray's Force powers advanced so quickly to the point where she could hold her own in a lightsaber battle against Kylo Ren and shit like that. But, but I feel like no Oscar, one... Oscar, her, her chlorians. <laughs> um, but, I mean... So, Ray Ray has to train as a Jedi, right? And so they get Leia to be her Jedi master. Right, and Leia was never a fucking never Jedi. Never a Jedi. Never and even then, And close. so then it goes to the trouble of doing a flashback and showing you like, oh, here's Leia doing her fucking Jedi training to prove that she's qualified Just to train, right? ridiculous. The so idea much that... in this movie that wasn't set up in previous movies at all. Yeah, the idea that Leia is a Jedi is so... so fracturing to the mm. original six films yeah. that it just doesn't make any sense for that to be the case. It's just yeah. so uh, like and I don't let me like just to be clear, I've enjoyed Star Wars films when I watch them. I wouldn't call myself a Star Wars fan. I don't give a shit about these movies really, but you can do so much better. And what frustrates me is breaking this down into how lazy it was. And like I didn't I'm sorry, I just didn't find it enjoyable well, to sit there and be expected to not think about the movie. Well, because that's yeah, not I why I watch a movie, I and lo- it's not why I watch a Star Wars movie. I loved all the fun new ideas. So, so to some degree, I loved all the fun new ideas and experiencing the movie in Episode 7 and 8 and Rogue One, and to some degree, in Solo. I loved Rogue One, and I yeah. enjoyed Episode 8 quite a bit. So Episode 7, at least, there was enough new world building and new characters and new stuff going on that was believable and fit within the world of Star Wars mm. that it was fun to watch and didn't break me out of it. 
in episode nine, the line they cross is in doing shit in the movie where it makes it breaks me out of the movie. It goes, hold on, that doesn't make sense. Why? How could they have rationalized that yeah. with this script and this and the? So breaking breaking you out of the movie like that is the most unforgivable part of building building a new movie. I yeah, think, because then you just can't. It just I couldn't focus on I couldn't enjoy anything that was happening in the movie right. because I was thinking like well that character's motivation doesn't make sense why is that happening why is that happening yeah that's clearly that happening doesn't make any sense this yeah. man in Hollywood doesn't agree with this man in Hollywood yeah I think at this point to be able to effectively complain about this movie <laughs> we should be we able should, to give a yeah, spoiler let's warning. talk yeah okay we're gonna we're gonna do spoilers and maybe we should just just fucking just watch cover it. the plot if you're gonna watch it. Just fucking watch it. Yeah, you're gonna want to watch it anyway. You have to watch it to finish this storyline, to finish the Star Wars movies. Just watch it, but just know that it's the worst of the three tr- of this new trilogy yeah. by a long shot. And if you didn't like the Last Jedi, you're an idiot. <laughs> we happy with that? Well, uh, yeah. To happy flip that on its head, potentially sixty <laughs> percent of our listener base. Yeah. If two, if two people don't like it, that's sixty percent of our listener base <laughs> gone. <laughs> Very good. Okay, so as you said, so spoilers, like, go, spoilers. Fuck as you said, the opening crawl is kind of just like does this like whoa, 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 whoa thing where it's like, by the way, Palpatine's back, Kylo Ren's leading everything. They need to find this. Uh, so Kylo Ren found a device that lets him get to the uncharted planet of Exegol. There's always been the secret Sith planet, and on that secret right. Sith planet, Emperor Palpatine is building this huge army of star destroyers that can. Um, all blow up any planet they want. Right. And so they're and on Exegol. Building, by the way, is never really touched on in the film it's because just he's generating them he's like, somehow. Yeah, they just don't <laughs> they don't say building, but they also don't explain what the fuck they mean by like, I don't know, is he force willing them into existence? Uh, yeah, Can whatever. you do that? Anyway. <laughs> and so um they set up the idea that no one ever knew this planet existed because it's not charted on any map. Right. And it's not mentioned anywhere because even C-3PO's language capabilities forbid him from being able to pronounce the words of the Sith language yep. or translate them in any way. So that's how it's a secret. Right. Cool. So Great. S- and so uh, somehow Kylo Ren's obtained this device that lets him find the planet. He's a member the of the Sith, so he's fine. He's allowed to go there. Right. But then if you want to go there, you have to get this like key. It's like a physical object about as big as like a fucking tennis ball yep. that you put into your spaceship that tells you the coordinates to go to. Right. And so then if they want to go there, the rebels somehow find out about this giant fucking army. And if they want to go there, they have to find the only other one of these tennis ball key coordinate maps that exists to get the right. secret Sith. Why are there only two? Doesn't matter. Move on. It doesn't matter. There's more than two people on right. Exegol already. Forget yep. it. Cool. So, yeah, right. Yes, exactly. It's There's like, huge volumes of stormtroopers, which we know have been turned against the like first order. It's like if you order. have a house party in an apartment where someone has to go and hit the button to let the people in, or like if everyone... I can't think of the... You know, everyone has to get up and go out to let someone else in. It's like that. Oh, God. It's like that, but with a planet. Like, whatever you're, whatever justification are, you're trying to come up with, it, it still doesn't the work. The Emperor's already on there, and he wants to let 10,000 more stormtroopers yeah, so in, so he has to get has up to come and down. get out, meet them at their ship, and buzz he's them He's got to take that big elevator up. <laughs> But he's so, all plugged yeah, in and like, fucked he's up. He's like, sorry, stuff. my buzz is broken. I have to come down and oh, let you in. God. And that's what, th- that's let me, what this let planet me send is. A, let me send a Snoke clone up to <laughs> meet you. All right. Um, uh, Snoke clone sounds like someone trying to say snow cone, but doing a bad job of it. Snoke clone? Is, <laughs> we're, getting, we're getting almost past the point in the podcast where it's acceptable for our title to be Snoke clone. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll say it again later so that you can just cut it. Um, 
so yeah, he he gets there and he <laughs> finds Palpatine, and it's like Palpatine, and he's like, uh, I've been, uh, "It's me. Uh, I've been pulling the strings the whole time, despite having not appeared on screen ever." And he says, "Like I created Snoke," and you think, "Like all oh, right, like he he emotionally manipulated someone into becoming dark." No, it passes cloning vats no. where there's another six clones S- Snoke's of Snoke. Snoke's sea monkeys, and you buy a tank, and it comes with one in it. With it, it comes it, with, it, with, it, comes, with the, it comes with the Snoke eggs and the Snoke Snakes. food. And the Snoke pH balancer, and Fuck. you like, and he, you just put him in, and then you watch him hatch and it grow. It really shows you like six six Snoke clones growing right. in a vat. <laughs> Snoke clones, and then the, but the, <laughs> the worst part of that is, I really think that he only put those in to show that he acknowledged that he could have brought Snoke back, but chose well, no, not to, so that he well, could do that, Palpatine. No, that's because J.J. Abrams is stupid, and he ha- he need- he knows that he had to explain how Snoke came from somehow, and he goes, oh, the Emperor created him, literally. He literally created him, and that's as far as I'll go. But then you could have had, the Emperor could have just been Snoke, and he could have said, <laughs> yeah. psych, you killed a clone. You were mostly interacting with you through hologram this whole time. You killed my clone. Here I am. I'm still alive. That would have been a great twist. I mean, I don't if think Snoke so because still you're alive? still doing the what? There are clones of the biggest baddie in the world. Lo- it would have been. It would have, it would have a, made more sense. It would have made more sense than just re yeah re, re like, uh, than literally bringing a resur- character back to resurrecting life, resurrecting <laughs> yep. fucking Palpatine. Yeah. So yeah, he's trying it to control. It would have made just as much sense if Luke Skywalker walked through a door and was like. I'm alive, yeah. right? Oh, I never got force ghosted. Let me yeah. train you as a Jedi. Right. It's so stupid. Incredible. We watched him die. Yeah. Yeah, and we definitely watched him die. Like the intention, and even if it's not, you can't just wag your finger and go like, like but maybe him get he did stabbed through the head right. on screen. It's like, well, the intention was clearly that he died, and so that's what that was. That was everyone's interpretation of it. And if you undo that, you're a bad filmmaker. He literally retconned the ending of Star Wars. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, yeah. <laughs> anyway. So, like now, if you watch Star Wars with your kids and you watch Episode Six and the Emperor dies, you have you are emotionally and morally bound <laughs> to sit your kid down and say, "No, no, Vader died for nothing." Yeah, because oh, I the bet that looks like dead. he died, didn't the he? Emperor's <laughs> not dead. The Emperor's not dead. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait, thirty years, oh, and when you're forty, God. little Timmy, I'll show you. You're going to be this film's target demographic. <laughs> so Palpatine shows that he's built twenty billion star destroyers. Or thereabouts, and he tells Kylo to go. I have built exactly twenty billion. (laughs) (laughs) And he says, "Go find Rey (laughs) and kill her." Yeah, right. He leans into the microphone. He goes, "Kill them." Kill him. Yeah. So he said, "Which, like, I don't know." He was kind of going to do anyway. Like, none of the motivations of these characters are ever explained. So yeah. you're just watching in a very reactive sense, being like, oh, okay, I guess that's what he has to go and do yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. Like, the Emperor, the Emperor tells fucking Kylo Ren to go find Rey. And, yeah. and Kylo Ren... Kylo was going to be like, oh! Right, exactly. I was sitting here trying to learn the Rubik's and Cube. It's like, did he wants to be in charge of the... It's like kind of... I don't know. He wants to be in charge of the Order... And he knows that Ray is probably going to be the greatest obstacle to that, but he wants to try and win her over. So yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So whatever. Ray obviously has this magic Jedi book that is in this foreign language, which the, I think the, the viewer can't understand. I think she rescued from the burning hut in the I Last mean, Jedi. I'm not even confident that we saw that. I think so. Maybe. Whatever. Maybe she didn't. I would be fully prepared if you told to me that that's another that, retcon. That didn't happen. Yeah. Because it's all sticky taped together in this movie. Yeah. Or like, yeah, Je- Jedi, it looks busted, but I think Jedi it's just meant to be old. Together, I thought that she, burnt, <laughs> I thought they burnt it all, but 
I think she rescued the books. Okay, fine, whatever. Whatever. And then that says like, oh, there's a page here I didn't read before that says there's a secret Sith planet and I have to find this fucking key. So then the whole movie is they have to go from planet to planet to planet to planet looking for this bullshit fucking key thing that lets them go to the Sith planet. Yeah. Yeah, so like... That's like the whole movie. So they need the MacGuffin, which is that that other tennis ball thing, or else... Where's that from? That phrase MacGuffin? I don't know. But they've, this, the other thing that's ridiculous about this is for no reason they give themselves like a 22-hour time window or something. So we're expected to believe that yeah. all of this shit happens in like 22 hours. They're like, oh, we just found out the Emperor's ready to launch this ship and the, the yeah. fleet, his fleet of like 20 billion Star Destroyers is going to launch in like... T minus twenty hours, twenty four hours. But then you don't get any idea of that pacing for the yeah. rest of the movie. Oh, there's one moment where like, someone says, "We've got eight hours left. Well, we don't have enough time." They go to like two or three and it's different like, planets. What the fuck? And they have all yeah. these different scenes and them fucking around and them having these quirky, jazzy little dialogue sessions where it doesn't really give you the idea of urgency. No, like there are so many other scenes. Like just off the top of my head. Ocean's Eleven does a better job of conjuring that idea of urgency yeah. better than this film well, does. It sounds like a stupid thing to compare it to a little bit, but 24, right? <laughs> every every episode is an hour. That is an insane thing. Well, every episode is an hour, and it, it happens in like basically real time, and yeah. the way that it establishes that is it continuously reminds you that the timer is ticking down, right? Yeah. And I don't know. That's just that's a show that I think of where you, you did constantly feel that there was time pressure, right? Yeah. This just did it didn't even need to be given that same sense of urgency because I think the real problem was there was no fucking tension. No, it's and ridiculous. why would you give a shit? And so then So if you don't put that twenty two hour <laughs> time constraint on there, then no one would care about the pacing of any of the events. But then it also doesn't feel like that's driving them at all. There's never no. a point there is never a scene in the movie where they say, Oh, I wanna do this, but we don't have time to do that, so we have to do this second choice thing that's you know, the third best plan because of how pressed we are for time. That would have been a great Uh, way to implement that. Like, we have this really time-consuming, perfect strategy, but we can't do that because we're so pressed for time that we have to make this risky choice that's going to sacrifice all of our lives and we're going to have to go with that risky choice. Sorry, but that's how it is. All the deaths and all the character (laughs) risks that happen in this movie just happen out of bullshit fake-outs and bullshit writing, like Deus Ex Machina type mechanics yeah, there's that come like, out of nowhere. There's like 20 times in this film where he's putting the, the crew in a situation where he's like, they're definitely screwed this time. And then he's like, oh, joke, someone showed up and no, said No, they're him. fine. So the, uh, we've already called spoilers, so this is fine. So the first and best example of this is they are on a ship. No, they're on a planet on some abandoned ship where they know that some like rebel spy or whatever had left clues yep. of how to get to this. It's on Pisana, which sounds like an Italian sauce. <laughs> Pisana's always good that you have to use your own Pisana. Yeah, you know, you buy Valverde Pisana. You add it up, <laughs> and then you got you to pimp it up yeah. a bit. You got to fry some onion, fry off some bit garlic, of tomato paste. add the garlic later so it doesn't burn. Yep. That's a big one. Bloody beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they're on this Posada planet and um, they find this ship with a clue to get to the fucking Sith key thing yep. and then the Sith uh, stormtroopers and officers and dude are like descending up on because they finally so, found them yeah and Kylo then, gets Kylo gets there which also happens like 12 times I is actually they, really like they go to somewhere and immediately Kylo Ren, Kylo Ren, Ren shows up so I don't mind and I've always kind of enjoyed this idea of Kylo Ren and Rey having this weird 
soul bond. Maybe the best thing about the movie. I've really enjoyed it because it's this mystery of like, why is this happening that is not addressed at all in this movie? (laughs) And clearly... The way that it's visually done is one of the best things in the movie, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And probably also doesn't hold up to any logical scrutiny. Well, clearly what they wanted to happen for episode seven is they wanted to make Ray a Skywalker or some fucking family relation yeah. of Kylo Ren so that they could be like, oh, well, they're connected like that because they're fucking cousins or brother and sister right. or whatever. But then when... Uh, Johnson. When Ryan Johnson was like, um, oh, no, they're not. Uh, she's nothing. Yeah. And James is like, oh, fuck. Yeah. I, <laughs> um, I really so- wish that I could have been there to see when... Uh, Abrams first watched the first cut of episode eight <laughs> and just started like sweating. And You're killing Han Solo, are you? Yeah. He has to have a heart to heart with his kid in my movie. He sees Snoke oh, get cut in I can just bring half. him back for no reason. I'll make it like a whole. I, I'll make it like a like a like a in his imagination. Like a force brilliant. ghost. Yeah. Fucking it's like hell. he's not a Jedi. He can't be a force ghost. He's not a Jedi. Oh, I'll just make it a memory and. Weasel my way out of it because I'm Fuck. a little shithead. Han Solo comes back to life in this movie to make a key character-altering, movie-changing moment in this movie yeah. with Kylo Ren. Because you can't have that moment without the emotional signage of uh, Han Solo. And it's just Kylo Ren imagining what it would be like if he was having a conversation with Han Solo. It's crazy. Fuck me. So the death fake-outs, the first one <laughs> I was going to talk about was just the idea that... um. So they're getting cornered on some planet yep. and they're getting Kylo fired Ren out. And Chewie gets taken hostage and taken off on one of the little like stormtrooper transport ships that's landed to come and attack them. Yep. And then Kylo Ren lands and Ray and Kylo Ren have this little battle and they're lightsaber battling and like then Kylo Ray out of nowhere is so suddenly no, able the, to the do this. The ship starts to take off yeah. and she it's flying for, away. She force stops it, which is crazy she because she pulls it. Right, sorry. That, that and like if you recall and this I don't again, I don't care about these movies that much, but we were given the yardstick of Luke Skywalker being able to, like, number one, he trained for fucking ages to be able to lift the X-Wing out of the pool. And he's barely able to do that. Yoda, Jedi Master, is able to pull it. And that's like, once you're a Jedi Master. clearly focus really fucking hard. And uh, so there's clearly some, what what that means is, is, subconsciously we know that there's clearly some sort of, like, physical restriction on how much you can manipulate things using the Force, right? We know that. We're giving... We're being given rules about how the Force can be because used. Once because once something's shown otherwise, in a Star Wars movie, you can't go back on that, right? Yeah, in general. <laughs> because otherwise, it's bad writing. And if you don't... It, it's the same thing as magic in uh, films. If you don't put very stringent rules and stick to them around like, your well, magical powers... And it's just boring, exactly, because your characters can just do anything, well, it's the which same, we'll get to later. It's the same reason as like with Jedi mind tricks, where they can just wave their hand and be like... Yeah, it's like, why don't you do that all the time forever? Yeah, and then so like in episode one, when Qui-Gon Jinn is like, credits will do fine. And he's like, no, I'm the species that Jedi mind tricks don't work on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> but yeah. Um, oh yeah, Watto, fuck. Watto. What, what a legend. Um, so... Your Jedi mind tricks don't work on me. That's that's a panic. Whatever. Not bad. Yeah, for sure. No credits will not do fine. No matter how. Here's here's a fun party trick. Watto voice by Sasha Baron Cohen. No matter how hard you commit to the Watto accent and impression, it is never too far. Yeah. No credits will not do fine. 
Great. Young Jedi Matrix, do not work on me. Voto of Voto Junkyard. <laughs> like, it's all perfect. It's all like, that's a great impression of Watto. Uh, Watto is a racist stereotype, but you all aren't ready to have that conversation <laughs> yet. <laughs> so, okay. they, so, yeah. As you, Jedi sorry. Matrix, don't work on me. <laughs> Only money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> With my big hooked elephant nose. I have to go to my son's bar mitzvah after this. <laughs> Point is, Ray is like. (laughs) 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 That's staying in, it's not my stereotype. (laughs) Ray is like force pulling this fucking ship. The ship's starting to take off, and she's like, I'll stop it. I know Chewie's on board. And so she force pulls it, and then uh, uh, she sees Ren. No, no, she makes Ren's ship crash by doing some bullet time shit. And he's having a tug of war with her with the ship, and she accidentally, like, suddenly loses control and force lightnings. She gets a Sith hernia. She fought a a, a Sith hernia. (laughs) Sith hernia. (laughs) And force lightnings the ship and explodes it. Just blows up. And they have, like, a very brief, like... Chewie's dead. Yeah. We have to do the next scene like eight for Chewie. Eight or nine seconds, maybe. And But there is, like I think, two or three scenes where they're like, the next thing we're doing, it's for Chewie. Hands in. For Chewie. One, two, three. <laughs> Chewie. R.I.P. Chewie. Everyone looks straight down the barrel of the camera and goes, rest in peace, Chewie. Chewie. We loved ye. The dead Wookiee. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Remember Chewie. how Han Solo died? That's our, just like what happened to Chewie just then. Our fave dead Wookiee. And I didn't feel... Anything. No, in no. That moment. It and, was and part so of that, rushed. part of that was because I knew Chewie wasn't dead. I didn't. I didn't know that at all. I, I didn't pick that. Oh, I just I thought, thought there's no way they just killed Chewie like I that. I thought this movie is so shit that they did Ma- just kill Chewie like that. I'd and honestly have preferred it if Chewie was dead. So, because then another bunch of bullshit couldn't have happened later in this movie as well. Because a very little bit. Here's the thing: Chewie's dead, right? Chewie's dead. Literally, one or two scenes later. Yeah. You see, like, Chewie strutting around with all these stormtroopers. He's, like, locked into a chair. And they're like, oh, good thing they shot down that other ship that's not the ship that this monster was on. <laughs> Which is so... I, I laughed out loud at yeah. that moment when I was just like... It was like, no, it wasn't that transport. It was another ship transport. And, uh, we, we put Chewie on a ship around the corner and she blew up the wrong one by mistake. It's crazy. That it, this- it almost felt like it was retconning its own... Content. So yeah. So then, right. Another. So that's already one death. Where it's like, right. Well, nothing we see in this movie is of any consequence. Another exactly. one was when, um, like they jokes, find we're this not gonna kill your fave Wookie. You <sighs> like him too much. I would love it if they killed Chewie. I'd also love it if they Chewie killed died. Han, and that was a gut wrenching moment. Oh, I thought in that movie. <laughs> no, they didn't. Because he's back for this one, baby. <laughs> Don't worry. Han's never dead. He's gonna be around forever. So Chewie's not dead. And no, nah, Chewie's not dead. Right. Nothing in this movie matters. And in the meantime, uh, Kylo is like continuing his search for Ray. The group ends up like infiltrating the Star Destroyer because, like, I-, I can't even. Do you remember how what the how they start or off? Why are do the they doing thing? that? It's because they need to. So th- they just go, okay, Chewie's dead. We got to move on. And then they need to go and find the Sith coordinates thing. So they need to find a way that... They need to find a way for (laughs) someone to unlock C-3PO's brain so that he can say the Sith coordinates. Right, so they've found this Rosetta Stone thing. Yeah. It's this Rosetta Stone that's basically like, on this thing is written exactly where you need to go, and C-3PO's like, sorry, boss. And it's not... Sorry, it's not the coordinates of the home planet. It's the coordinates to find a thing... 
to find the thing to find the Which Sith is already planet. like, who the fuck has made that? It's this like dagger that is very specifically shaped exactly like the shape of the wreckage of the Death Star. So when they hold the dagger up and line it up with the wreckage when they're standing on exactly the right point on the coastline, the point of the dagger basically points at the exact point where they're supposed to find the key. Like already and, and, like And visually matches the wreckage. Visually matches the wreckage. When you're standing there looking at the wreckage physically in it's, front of it's you. It's the crazy how we're describing if you haven't seen it, if you have seen it, you're similarly tearing your hair out. If you haven't <laughs> seen it, you're never going to be able to even think imagine. Of the stupidest thing you could think of. It's just that. the most bullshit thing where someone had the idea of like, wouldn't it be cool if she like was holding the dagger up and then it lined up and it pointed to where they needed to go? And it's like, no, that wouldn't be cool because you're never going to be able to make it make sense. But who would find that key and be like, oh, I'm going to remember where it is. I'm going to go back and make a dagger, and the shape I, of the dagger it's, is going to be the same the, shape. The as stupid th- part is, it's in the, sh- it's, it's somewhere like housed in the wreckage. It didn't like lie. It didn't like. Like fall down and whatever fall. It's the wreckage. It landed with the rest of the wreckage. So yeah, I guess you're right. Someone had to then, after the Death Star was destroyed, but before anyone needed the thing. If they were with the rebels and they knew where it was, why didn't they take it? Right. And if, if it was they the were Sith, with the Sith and they knew where it was, why didn't they take why it? Why didn't they take yep. it? Absolutely. Who is this random fucking Switzerland ass third party that's just making cryptic daggers pointing to shit? Yeah. In any case, C-3PO looks at the alien language on this key dagger pointing at the thing thing and says like, oh, I do know what this says, but uh, my programming won't allow me to pronounce it because it's evil Sith language. And FYI, at this point in the film, we've not been told that the dagger is for that. We've just been told that the dagger says where to find the locating Something. device. Yeah. The other one that they need. Mm. Right. Great. Um, so then it sets up the idea that they can then go and do a, a, a black market recovery of C-3PO's memory, yep. but it'll definitely wipe his whole memory. Yep. And it'll basically kill him. Yep. And there's only one... Yeah, it'll reset him. It'll be like he never... It'll be like he never went through any of the stuff that he went through. Even though he's already Very been reset sad, once right? before in the, whole, in, in the trilogy. <laughs> he oh, was God. reset at the end of episode... Three before episode four was he? Yeah, because when you when they buy him in episode four, R two has his memory, but C three PO doesn't. Right. So R two C three PO doesn't know Obi one, but R two recognizes Obi one. Oh, that's oh, which is one of the very rare plot holes in Star Wars because uh, Obi one doesn't recognize R two D two in episode four because I see they didn't know they were going to do prequels. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. In any case. They do do the black market reset of C-3PO. They get the information they need. Yeah, and, and th- that's where the planet is like... Sorry. And then R2-D2 just has a backup of C-3PO's memory. So they're like, oh, we did kill C-3PO just for a moment. And C-3PO's like, who the fuck are you guys? Luke who? Skywalker what? And yeah. then R2-D2 is like, oh, I have, a me- I, have, I have a backup. And so he's not dead either. Holy shit. Um... Like another fake out at the very, very, very ending of the movie is when Ray stabs Kylo Ren and it looks like he's about to die, but then she has this mysterious healing power and heals him and he's not dead. And then like Ray looks like she's dying, and then Kylo Ren heals her with the exact same thing. Yeah, like Kylo power. Ren gets thrown off a cliff and it's like, Oh, is Kylo Ren dead? And every, then it's like, No, he's not dead. Every single character you see die 
doesn't actually end up dying, think, except for the Emperor, who we do see die, who might not be dead either. Right. <laughs> they already did that too. <laughs> yeah. I thought he was dead already. And even then... It's so stupid. There's no emotional significance anymore to losing the characters that you did lose because now you know they'll all just come back as ghosts and so who gives a fuck? Exactly. Like, Luke... Luke Skywalker is the only character who I think is allowed to come back as a ghost because that's a precedent that's been like set up throughout the rest. I, I mean, I movie. guess he's and allowed to, but it's bad. And, uh, no, I'm happy with it. I mean, it, Yoda came back as a ghost. Obi Wan came back as a ghost. It's I'm fine with that to some degree. Of these Jedi ghosts coming back and offering like mysterious words of wisdom to the people, I would have liked to perhaps if Rey had been trained by Luke's ghost. Here's a contentious point: Yoda came back as a ghost in the original films, right? Yeah. I think in four, five, and six. Yeah, I think they did that in one, two, and three because they knew how much people liked it from the first. I think three. it's cool. I like the I like the Jedi's coming back as ghosts, but I think that uh, they missed an opportunity here for for Luke. It, I think it makes Jedi's dying kind of a good thing because it's like, oh, you get to ascend to the afterlife, and then you can just help out in an almost even more meaningful <laughs> way because yeah. you just get to be a Deus Ex Machina from now on. Well, like, why struggle? Been, Just kill yourself. It's never been that. <laughs> it's never been that before, though. Like, I liked in the previous. I thought in this movie the way they should have trained Ray. So obviously, like JJ Abrams didn't think that Luke was going to die, so he thought Luke was going to train her, and then uh, yeah. Luke dies, and so he's like, "Oh, now now Leia's a Jedi Master. Here's a sequence I put together of Leia as a Jedi Master, and I've deep faked Luke and Leia, and they're young and they're training to be Jedi's. Even though that makes no sense for Leia's character at all. Leia is the political, rational. I don't care about Jedi's one who is doesn't understand the Jedi bullshit and is like, "No, I'm this I'm this political lady." And never had dish, any I never can, had any Force ability or just, anything. Yeah, well, I th- I think it's like uh, they set up the idea that like maybe she has a general sensation of like, oh, Leia feels these. She gets the tingles, <laughs> but she's not a full. I don't she's know. She's got spidey sense, but she doesn't yeah. have the force. Yeah, it's just bullshit. And so I, I thought a way they could have done it in this movie was I thought maybe like if they set up the idea that Ray is no one and she's her own lady and she has to go out in the world on her own and she's got this book that she's rescued. Maybe she has to be the first Jedi to have to like resurrect the Jedi faith from the texts and she has to figure it out for herself. And maybe right. she has to deal with all these weird cryptic clues that ghost Luke is giving her. Maybe in the same way as like Luke had to deal with old like um, uh, demented like Yoda when Yoga Yoda was dying and he was on Yoga. Yoga. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, When Luke was learning from the Yoga Gorilla. Yeah. um, (laughs) Mint moose. (laughs) Uh, if I could, oh man, <laughs> I wish I was trying, frantically trying to remember the Yogo like, gorilla. <laughs> yeah, I don't trans. remember his name. Um, when Luke was learning from Yoda, and it was all a bit cryptic and a bit weird because Yoda was like dying and going crazy. At the same time, I think it would have been cool if Ray had a similar experience learning from like forced ghost Luke, who could only like give little fragments of information because he's this weak forced ghost, and maybe she had to get the other fragments from this book, and it could have been this long training sequence that's also a bit of a reference to the old. Luke training sequence. Yeah. I think that would have been a lot better than just being like, oh, Leia's a Jedi now. It's it, out of nowhere. <laughs> Leia is a Jedi in this movie. And She's she has a, her own lightsaber and everything. Leia's a Jedi master with her own lightsaber and everything. Holy fuck. It's, it's so stupid. So stupid. Uh, Finn... Or Finn just randomly doesn't have a character resolution in this film. Yeah, he just he, doesn't really. He isn't really a character. He's a character in the, in the first one, and in the second one, he has this great arc. And then in this third film, he's just 
not really a character of the film at all. Right, and there's an extremely like, good opportunity when he meets that other stormtrooper on the ship, and he's like, um, this this person's like, oh, there was a whole squadron of us that turned, or something like that, a whole and I thought battalion like, oh, great, or whatever. He's gonna have a romance. No, I didn't care if he had a romance or not, but it would have been whatever. cool if he's gonna he have someone that he finally gets him that he can finally connect yeah, with. Yeah, and and I thought maybe he was the kind of the first one, and they all kind of like almost worship him, and yeah. he, he's elevated to like this Che Guevara esque revolutionary figure. That's a cool thing. No. Absolutely not. No. Not no, even. It's they basically they, they don't even know who they it is. meet, and he's like, "Oh, you're another stormtrooper that turned," and she's like, "Yeah," and they're like, "He's like, I did that too. Cool." It's literally like, <laughs> cool. Anyway, back to shutting yeah. down this turret <laughs> that we've got. It's oh, unbelievable. It's so, it's so stupid. So yeah, but and there's even a bit in this movie <laughs> where Finn says that they're about to get executed by the red-headed fucking dude, and Finn says like, "Oh, Ray, I have to tell you something." And she's like, Pope. Oh, yeah, and no. he's like, I'll tell you later. Never mind. No, it's when they're falling. They're, they're, they're doing the fucking sand pit again. Um, yeah. Whatever right. the yeah, yeah. And he's stupid. Like, he's like, I have to tell you something. Yeah. Um, and then they, they turn out to not What's be it? The Sarlacc pit. It's just a, a total redo of the Sarlacc pit. And they fall straight through and there's a cave underneath. And then... Yeah. And again, you, you see... find out what he was going to say. You see, like, it's the five main characters yeah. drowning in quicksand. And you're like, well, this is obviously not going to... Yeah. It's like... 20 minutes into the movie it's, it's like just obviously bullshit. doesn't matter but so then he's obviously gonna say like oh I love you yeah or whatever um, I don't I heard, know I heard that's obviously what it's gonna be I mean because uh, that's nothing, what I thought nothing else would make him because when he gets uh, like, I think Poe uh, Oscar Isaac character later says like so what were you gonna what were you gonna say to Ray? yeah then Carol they're up against a firing squad with um, Dominic and he's Lisa. like no I don't wanna talk about it the only thing that he'd be embarrassed to talk about is saying like oh I love you yeah, right. Like, I, yeah. I've heard other people say like, "Oh, uh, he was going to say like, oh, I feel the force too." It's like, no, yeah, no. he was going <laughs> to say, "I love you," because it's a stupid, dumb movie, yeah. and the only reason that they didn't think to tie that back at the end of the movie to give him any kind of emotional payoff was because it's a stupid, dumb movie. Well, th- then if they had had that, <laughs> then Ray couldn't have been in a relationship with Adam Driver. The right person oh, yeah, to be in a relationship Adam Dr- with. Because Kylo Ren and Ray kiss at the end of this movie. Yeah, despite having had <laughs> no, literally no, no romantic, romantic interaction up if till anything, that point. It was this weird sibling connection. Yeah, because yeah. they were supposed <laughs> to be Skywalkers, and Ryan Johnson fucked it. Yeah, I just insane. The most annoyed I am about this movie, and I think I've said it before on this recording, but I've definitely said it before like 20 times in real life, is why the fuck would you let Ryan Johnson do anything <laughs> yeah. if you didn't... If you're going to undo all of his if work. If you undo all of it. Why would you let him do all that shit yeah. if, you, if you didn't if you didn't have a plan for what he was going to do. Yep. They just spend all their time undoing all of that shit. And another thing is that this movie really <laughs> does just feel... And another thing. <laughs> it just feels like this movie was written by some fan. Like, have you seen yep. that, that 30 Rock... Not 30 Rock, that a Parks and Recreation scene yeah, yeah, where yeah. Patton Oswalt's character has to filibuster a nine-minute-long fake Star Wars fan fiction script in some bit. But yep. in real life... Cat and Oswald really did like improvise that whole script and he was like oh so Luke Skywalker's in trouble but no because Wolverine comes through a pan-dimensional <laughs> wormhole in the X-Men ship with uh, the Teletubbies and yeah. they, they come save that this whole movie J.J. Abrams wrote that episode this whole movie feels like the same dumb shit like you've literally got like oh and then Ray goes to the same island that Luke was abandoned on and then Ray is flying in Luke's X-Wing yeah. and Luke's X-Wing Fucking with Ray piloting it goes through all this shit and then 
then they're in trouble. And then Lando Calrissian L- Lando comes Calrissian down being in the original the... Millennium Falcon with Chewie, and they save the day, just like they did in episode four. Yeah. It's all this stupid shit. Like, oh, no, the Emperor's not dead. I mean, he has Snoke clones because everyone knows that cloning is a technology that only the Sith have perfected. And uh, Leia's a Jedi Master now, and you get to see Leia's real lightsaber. And Leia is because of all these books. And this, it's just nonsense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, who, who's... Uh, I don't understand the mind that's sitting here watching this movie and it sees, like, Lando coming down in the ship in the Millennium Falcon with Chewie, like old-ass Lando, who's Even absolutely sundowning, by the way. specifically said, my flying days are over, yep. I'm too old Doesn't for matter. that. Yep. And I'd be like, great, I'd be happy if Lando was just some guy living on the edge of the galaxy who's still flicking in his intel report. It's still the most then. ridiculous deus ex machina when he pops out of a thing and fucking saves them. But anyway, fine. <laughs> fine. Fine. But then... Who is watching that and just think and being satisfied by that and thinking being like, like yeah. yeah, just like my old friends would, yeah, uh, just That's almost like hook he wanted those people to do up that. into some sort of matrix device oh. where they only ever watch reruns of shows that they liked when they were young and just get them out of here. Fuck, I bet they get them out of here. Did Han die in episode eight or in episode seven? He died in episode eight in the Last Jedi. Right? Yeah, I think so. Fuck, I'll bet JJ Abrams wanted, wanted it to that be, to be yeah, Han and Chewie again. And Absolutely. then Han was dead, so he then had to bring back Han's fucking... At some point, he asked there. himself if a ghost could pilot the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> 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 Absolutely. Oh, man. Absolutely. So, yeah, on that planet where they're getting C-3PO done, the character of Zori Bliss is introduced, <laughs> who is um, an, an old flame of Pose who he, like, owes money to or some shit. Right. And she's like... I ought to kill you and turn you in. And he's like, you don't want to kill me and turn me in. And she's like, I don't want to kill you and turn you in. (laughs) And that's it. And so, like, I, I don't know. I thought she gave them the knife. I've lost track of like what the fuck happens. But uh, she no, she gave oh, no, them. He's, she gave them a like a like a staff card for like I'm the general. Oh, that's right. That gets wall. you through the. It gets you through the defenses. It gets you on board the ship to save yeah. Chewie. That's yeah. what she gives them. Yeah. It gets them on board the because Imperial Ray ship. Because Rey sense that Chewie wasn't dead, it's even cra- though she thought he was dead. No, uh, yeah, it's Ugh. like Adam, I don't know, She appeared. he appeared in a vision to her with Adam Driver or some shit. We're getting really into the clouds now because, like, who... It's so hard to keep track of what the fuck happens. But they go to... So it's they, all nonsense. Whatever you want to happen, that's what happens. Yeah, and they they go to the... They, 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 long story short... They go to the ship to try and rescue Chewie. And, like, <laughs> in one of the old films, it's always been that they've been, like, tractor beamed in. And then, like, two stormtroopers will, like, go in to investigate. And they'll, like, <laughs> they'll, like, <laughs> and they'll come out, like, well, a fat stormtrooper <laughs> yeah. with, like, love handles one or whatever. One fat one, a bunch short right, one. Right, which yeah. is. I, I, that I like. That's funny. And playing on that is funny. And I'm pretty yeah. sure Spaceballs makes fun of that. Yeah. Like, that's how tired a trope this is. <laughs> so, at least in this landing scene, they pretty much pilot in, land, and just shoot the fuck out of everything <laughs> and just run out of this massive hangar yeah. that they would absolutely just be killed in. Yeah. But, so, th- yeah, they, they run in and they... You have to at least give them a pass that all the stormtroopers always miss. None of them can shoot right, straight. Right, right, right. And so, like, Poe and Finn get abducted and they get taken away to be this... Uh, to, to get Like, they get captured and put in front of a firing squad. Meanwhile, I think Ray is being pursued by 
fucking uh, who even knows what Ky- the Kylo or whatever. But th- it leads to the my least my the the thing in the film that made me the angriest. Without yep. a doubt, yep. which is that you, at some point you've so they got the information about the uh, there's some kind of spy. They got the information about Palpatine from a spy in the First Order. We don't know who it is, but someone's giving someone's feeding information to the rebellion. Right, and cool. so okay, sure, and so like Poe and uh, cut to later, Poe and Finn are up against the f- Poe, Finn, and Chewie maybe are all in a firing squad, yeah. and so or they're up against the wall. And that's when that, like, what were you going to tell Ray? Uh, never mind. Oh, never mind. Oh. Happens. And then, of course, you hear, like, gunshots and another fucking thing has saved the main characters. And it's Domhnall Gleeson's fucking character. This red-headed the, the red-headed dude from the first one that hates Adam Driver. Right. And I get that they've got... I get that they had tension there, but his entire character motivation... He literally says, I don't care if you guys win, I just want Kylo Ren to lose. Yeah, it's that... <laughs> it's, it's that hand-wavy. That. that wasn't word even, for Because I thought this movie has just topped itself and how stupid it is. And then it does it again. So Redhead what Man is the spy, out of nowhere. Yeah. Redhead Man is the spy, he saves Poe and Finn from being executed Which by the firing squad. Which he has no real reason to do, and it's not believable at all that he would be the spy because he is a fanatic for the First Order. Yeah. And he always has been yeah. and he's made proper unmotivated decisions or unforced decisions <laughs> to yeah, to further the cause of the First Order at the expense Holy of the shit. Jedi fight. So it just doesn't make any fucking sense that he would be the spy because he had some no, pissy sense. little <laughs> gripe with the way that Adam Driver was handling it. It's like, you're not a Sith, mate. You're never going to be the head of the First Order. You can settle for getting choked out in a boardroom. <laughs> That's the highest you're ever going to get. And, oh, anyway. So, then... He kills the firing squad and he turns around and says, I'm the spy and my motivation is thus. I am the spy is yeah, what I he says. I think he literally uses those words. I but am then, the spy. But then Poe says, I knew it. <laughs> and I thought, do you know who that is? Like, do you know? Have you ever met? Have they ever interacted I at all? I don't If they had, well, they totally could, insignificant. Could be famous. I, I'm happy with Darbelli and me like, oh, famously, this guy is this big I, up I don't that. think so. That was meant to be break the fourth wall to have members of the audience that, like, to have anyone that said, I called that twist, be like, I knew he was going to be the spy because then Finn turns around and says, Oh no, you did not. But like, and that's, how insane is that? It's, as a dialogue? it's fucking crazy. No character would ever have said that in the situation they were in. I it knew is, it. It is the they most were literally about to be executed, breaking like, shit. I knew it. And it's this moment of like where you're like, it, it's almost like Finn turns to the camera and says, "I saw that one coming." And then Finn turns to him and says, "No, you didn't. This was good writing." Fuck. It's insane. Um, my my that my, moment was where the whole film permanently lost my me. My low light for least favorite part of this whole film in terms of a writing gag, cool line that JJ Abrams really tossed in was so. In and it was so uh, sorry. It was so self congratulatory. <laughs> it was <laughs> just that it thought it was being so he fucking gave such clever. A pat on the back. It was like if uh, it was like if JJ Abrams was an extra and Poe had been like, "Good job, buddy. You're doing great," or something like that. It was oh. just the most. 
unnecessary masturbatory thing. It was so stupid. It's the worst thing I've ever seen in a film. So my least favourite line in the whole film was when... So in, you know, I think in episode 8, Kylo Ren's helmet was destroyed. Yeah. And so in this in episode <laughs> 9, in the pettiest move ever, J.J. Yep. Um, Abrams gets some Sith chimp <laughs> yeah, like, like actually a Planet of the Apes chimp thing with, a, with welding <laughs> with a helmet goggles on it. <laughs> to like reforge the Kylo Ren helmet. And already it's just like, can't, you can't even deal with the fact that Ryan Johnson destroyed the helmet. I know. You have to reforge the helmet that was destroyed. Yeah. What does that matter? And it's and always... I saw some article that was ugh. like, oh, that was because it was scheduled in Marriage Story. They had to have a story. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but, um, That's pretty funny. So then, this is, so then the helmet has all these weird red lines on it where all the pieces were joined together. It's glowing and it looks cool. And this is Anyway, se- moving oh, on. There's a scene in the boardroom where they're having like a Vader-style briefing in the boardroom. And Kylo Ren says... It turns to the red-headed dude and says, like, Domino, I sense that you have an issue with my appearance. And Domino Gleason says, what? Me? No, no, I love it. It looks great, Kylo, or whatever. And, like, I sense that uh, you have an issue with my appearance is exactly the line, I swear to Christ. Like, what do you mean you sense that he has an issue with your appearance? Like, suddenly Kylo Ren's, like, an insecure teenager. Like, oh. Well, I mean, he was an insecure teenager, but you undid that, and you made him this like savage, twisted. Th- like it, it would almost be funny to the point of being ludicrous if he still gave a shit about it. Going to the stupidest retcon bullshit in the whole movie. We alluded to it before. The idea that in episode seven, the mystery was who are Ray's parents? They must be someone special. Episode eight was uh, Ryan, Rian, Ryan Johnson saying, no, nah, they're no one. Ray's parents are no one. Cue this movie where Kylo has a DNM with Ray where uh, she says like, you told me my parents were no one. And he says like, yes, I told you that because they chose to be no one. Was that was it with Ren or was that with Palpatine? It was with, Kyle, it was with Kylo Ren, oh. I think. Where it was like, yeah, your parents chose because she hadn't met him yet. It was like uh, your parents chose to be no one. So I was, so they they were protecting you because they were actually the uh, one of your parents was actually the the child of Emperor Palpatine and his partner, and they chose to be no one to protect you. So when I said you were no one, I was. What, also protecting you, even though I was evil when I told you that? And it would imply that he knew that already, despite the fact that Palpatine, I think, is the only one that knew that? Whatever. He knew it, and then... so It's never explained says, how no, he so knows actually, it. actually, you're Ray Palpatine. Yeah. And that's the reason why you have all these force powers. Yep. And, she and that's like, why you Sith lightning no. the shit out of that shit. You're like, oh, Sith, because only Palpatine children can Sith lightning. Right. It's and a it's, Palpatine child It's thing. the exact same thing as, Luke, I am your father. But it's, like, it's, you're the bad guy. pissed away. Yeah. In, so they didn't even have the emotional payoff to be able to pay it off. And it's the same thing with, with Chewbacca dying. Like, I thought for five minutes, I thought that was actually Chewbacca dying and that they were just completely... Skimming past skimming it. Skimming past it, yeah. weren't giving us any emotional payoff at all. And every single death, every single major character bit like this is exactly like that where you feel like there's no emotional payoff at all yep. and so when he's like oh, you, you, you're Ray, Ray Palpatine <laughs> like, <laughs> that's kind of all you get and, the, and, and they think that, once again they think they're being clever because they've created this dichotomy where it's like look look the bad guy is the Skywalker 
and the good guy is the Palpatine. But, like, syntactically, the sentence he says doesn't even make sense. Yeah. Like, they should have dwelled on it for another couple minutes, explaining logistically how it was possible for the evil guy to be lying to the good chick even though he was trying to, like, it just doesn't make any sense. No. And so then, at the very, very end of the movie, after Rey has had her bullshit fight where she kills Kylo and then heals him and Kylo kills her and then heals her and then all this inconsequential nonsense where they're just faffing about... There's like a like a f- psych out fake ending, and then Ray goes to Tatooine to Luke Skywalker's original family farm and buries the lightsabers that originally belonged to Luke Skywalker and fucking Leia Skywalker. Yep. And why the, was she doing that again? No, it doesn't, doesn't matter. Doesn't move past it. It doesn't say yeah, why. Move past it. It's Aren't a, we done with the whole we're movie? Oscar, we're already on the next scene. Move on, the buddy. Whole finished, why are though? you dwelling? I thought the credits were gonna roll. Yeah, and then she looks. And then an old lady comes out of nowhere and literally says, word for word, no one's been here for years. Who are you? And Ray says, I'm Ray. And she says, what's your last name? And Ray looks over to the distance where like a force ghost Luke and a force ghost Leia look at her, smile and give like a little nod wink. They give a little thumbs up. And she goes, Ray Skywalker. <laughs> what do you mean, Ray Skywalker? The funniest part of what all of that. What do you mean, Ray Skywalker? Yeah, the funniest she's part Ray of Palpatine, all of that. Or she's Ray. My friends are my family. She's not Ray Skywalker. Yeah. What do you mean? Are the Skywalkers the people who save the galaxy? So she's earned the rank Skywalker. Yes, I think that are is her, what he means. Are her and parents? The best part of that is that that's what fucking Johnson was trying to do. He was trying to say anyone can be a Skywalker. Yeah. Anyone can be a Skywalker. It doesn't matter who your family <laughs> is. Anyone can be a Skywalker. And then he goes, there, she's a Palpatine. But really, she's a Skywalker. At heart, she's a Skywalker because right. she did what was right. that's what matters, yeah. But just to if be clear, you make the-, the only reason she has her Force powers is because she has a familial yeah. connection to someone that has Force powers. It's like a video game uh, ethics bar, like your morality slider. And on one end is Palpatine and on the other end is Skywalker. <sighs> and she just maxed out Skywalker by the end of the game. My cinema must have been full of normies because that made oh, me yeah. laugh at the movie out loud. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> oh god it was just it, there was like, several what do you mean Ray Skywalker I had to control myself this movie was an absolute disaster. garbage fire I can disaster the I'm, most highly produced worst film I've ever seen I'm, I'm sincerely so upset that they let Ryan Johnson do whatever he wanted because they clearly had no plan and ended up with a shit tire fire of a third movie. I'm upset they ever let Abrams have anything to do with it because they should have just given the trilogy to Johnson. Yeah, well, they should have given it to people that knew what the fuck they were doing. I'm happy to have J.J. Abrams set up a first episode seven that's that's fine and then people run with it from there. But the idea, the idea that they thought it was this great thing to be like, oh, Ryan Johnson's got complete creative control without having any concept of what they were going to do in episode nine... Abrams insane to here's me. The, here's how you Disney, wrangle Abrams. You have to Marvel hand movies. Abrams a final version of a script. You hand him a final version of a script and you say, motherfucker, if you deviate from this <laughs> at all, you are done. You hear me? Yeah. Done. You're never working in this town again. You're done. Like it's it's just And then he oh. makes like the Star Trek movies, which were good, right? I mean not all of them. The first Star Trek movie was good. 
the first one that he did was good. And I'm pretty sure it's because he didn't write the fucking script at all. Mm. Anyway. But just there's, there's so much bullshit in this movie that makes no sense. We've like, skimmed a lot of stuff. So this is much stuff. two hours and 22 minutes long or something like that. And it feels so rushed. The character, it feels like it should be two movies. The character pacing and character arc of all the movies, like it doesn't quite make sense in this movie as to why Kylo Ren goes from like the most evil he's ever been to like, it's like I'm a good guy, I'm Ben Solo now, lol. Yeah. Like, uh, His motivations are so inconsistent it that it's really just make, impossible to find. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense as to why Kylo Ren is good now. It doesn't really make any sense still as to how the force power progression of Ray has accelerated so quickly. Yep. I, I think that maybe if you say, oh, it's conce- yeah, it's conceivably possible in the Star Wars universe, it's like, fine, well, then show me that. Yeah. Don't. Well, and the problem is, they, once the again, Rose, they favorite. have to keep outdoing themselves. Mm. They have to keep building it because if they ever stop, that's why Ray is just going to become actually Jesus because yeah. if she she can heal people now because you have to give her new force powers. You have to invent new shit that the force can do because otherwise people are going to be allegedly I'm, bored. I'm happy with Ray not being the most powerful Jedi to have ever yeah, been. I'm, I'm happy with her being like, oh, she's just kind of discovering these force powers and that was enough with together with her friends and her resilience yep. to like save the universe. That would be pretty One interesting. One of my favorite characters from episode eight was Rose, mm. the uh, Asian character played by Kelly Marie Tian that we mentioned earlier, or Tran, I think. Um, <laughs> is the actress Asian or is the character Asian? Because the character's not Asian. <laughs> the actress is Asian, but you know what I mean? Like it's... Yeah. You don't get many like. It's it's. I feel like episode eight had a very inclusive cast in terms of like gender and race in a way that no other Star Wars movie had. And I feel like a lot of the idiot fans online wrote that off as like, oh, they just wanted an Asian woman. So yeah. that character is trash. I'm like, no, that character was great. That character was like not very confident at all and blew, like built up this sense of self confidence throughout the whole movie. That character wasn't anyone important from like a family lineage point of view, but turned out to be like a huge, a huge part of the reason why the rebels succeeded. And so it was that's even of like anyone can be successful and anyone can be this great this figure of greatness you don't yeah. have to be born into it yeah and so just which the was kind of the thesis for the middle point just the idea that they completely sidelined that whole character and she's in it for like 30 seconds in this new movie the idea that they're like they, they sidelined all of that thematic shit in favor of like no she's actually a skywalker and it's just skywalker versus skywalker just like in the good old days yeah Fuck this movie. <laughs> yeah. It's really the epitome. From a storytelling perspective, like, we haven't talked about any of the visuals or anything like that because, A... Obviously, they look fun. You've seen all this bullshit before. It's it, it's using the most... It's leveraging the most already rich world. It doesn't have to do any fucking work. The visual effects artists are the actual people that made and this film. Like, I think that the most exciting... I guess some of the actors. Highlights of the movie, I really liked the wreckage of the Death Star on the Endor planet. I thought that was really yeah. cool. Um, oh, there's some great aesthetics. Yeah, I liked the idea of this back alley droid guy that was this little mini dude yep. that was like a foot tall who was like the world, the, the galaxy's best droid mechanic. I liked that a lot. Oh, yeah, he was he was cute. I can't remember his name. Uh, something Frick? Bubba Frick, Bubba Frick, yeah. I really <laughs> like Poe as a character and I like all the... I think he's the strongest character in the film and I like all the backstory he has and I wish they had more time to flesh him out. I felt that way about Finn. 
Yeah, I, I think he's underutilized for sure. Well, I think out of Ray and Finn and Poe, though, I think Poe is my favorite character for sure. All the like the um, he feels like he's underutilized and he's like a bit of a fucking idiot when it comes to like going and doing things recklessly. But it's what gets the job done, and so people aren't sure how to view him. And he's he's got this dark past as like a smuggler, and like I like all that shit. And the more I'm saying it, it's obviously just a carbon copy of Han Solo. Yep. I was, <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, I'm not gonna tell him. It's fine. And he's got this weird alien buddy, and <laughs> yeah. And he goes around with Chewie a whole lot, I'll tell yeah. you that. Oh, fuck. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. I, thought he's, I, th- I think he's a great character. And so then I just I just feel like this movie was such a missed opportunity. Yeah, it was. Huge waste of time and money. Uh, I mean, it wasn't because it'll still make a billion dollars. So it served its purpose. I think it falls in the category of like, oh, uh, it's a bit of fun, isn't it? In the same way as like I Die Hard shit, man. Die Hard 7 is a bit of fun. Right. It? It's like... Or like the 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 in, what's what's the what's that fucking movie where Arnie and Sylvester Stallone are all eighty and that I generous? don't know it's the that. Expendables it's the Expendables it's this the, I ha- I haven't seen the Expendables three but I imagine this is just as much it's a bit of fun in it as the you know the yeah. fucking oh the Expendables seventeen it's a bit of fun isn't it fuck you eat this give me your twenty dollars you stupid fuck yeah exactly oh watch that's this what movie, you mean. cram yes. this down yeah, your yeah, throat. Yeah. Yeah. Don't think about it. Just eat it. I just... Yeah. Th- these people who just enjoy the set pieces and don't give a fuck about how or why we got there is just the most well, baffling shit Well, no, me. I think... That, I mean, no one has to consciously be thinking of it, but I think that to some degree, if a film breaks you out of it and you have to go like, hold on, what? That's you thinking about it. If that doesn't make you uncomfortable enough to make you not enjoy the film, I don't understand you. Well, I don't like, know. I, I'm, I'm jealous. Yeah, so I know like, I am too. I'd love to be a, l- a little, <laughs> a little piggy. I'd love to be as stupid as you guys. <laughs> no, no I'm I don't know. I just that don't lots of people it. enjoy this. It's just like if you're not enjoying, if you're enjoying this, you're not thinking about it enough. Can, and you, I, I, think, you I think that means that you would probably get less out of movies that need you to think more, which is probably exactly what happens, <sighs> right? And people go and see, like, I don't know. What's another movie that made you think this year? Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Something like Par- Marriage Parasite Story. Or they'd or find yeah. a bo- yeah, exactly. And they'd find it boring or like too slowly paced or whatever. Like, oh, it's a slow burn. Like, it's not a slow burn. You just have to be thinking. Like, I don't know. I don't want to say to elitist. I just feel like there were so many glaring problems in this movie where like from a meta construction of the film kind of point of view it was just so glaringly obvious yeah. that there was some sort of weird rivalry between Ryan Johnson and J.J. Abrams where they refused to acknowledge each other's creative direction for the that I just I was thinking about that and not thinking about Star Wars. I yeah. think the best case is Star Wars should be a film where it's just this roller coaster and you flick off and you enjoy it. And the fact that it wouldn't let me do that because all the films were so glaringly, all the problems were so glaringly obvious that in a Star Wars movie I couldn't look past them. Yeah. Where there's like religious dudes with laser swords. Like, it's just how much do you have to fuck it up to fuck that up? Mm. I don't know. I didn't even enjoy this movie as a bit of fun. No. I think it just frustrated I was, me. It frustrated me, honestly. Like, I, I laughed at when C-3PO's memories had a backup so he wasn't dead. That was la- so funny. I laughed at when I feel like Chewie I was too busy really laughing at the last thing to even like register just how stupid that was. That Collider article I read is right. The individual sequences are fun, I suppose. But it's when yeah. they get stitched together into what's supposed to be a coherent movie. J.J. Abrams should only be able to direct Fantasia from now on. Yeah, Just right. individual, unconnected vignettes. And I feel like <laughs> I feel like the normal people in the cinema would complain if you showed them a film that was just vignettes of action, but that 
but then they, they need like they just need consistent actors. They don't need consistent story yeah, or consistent oh. performances. That if you stick the same actors in situations where they just fucking go from thing to thing to thing to thing to thing, and there's no reason for that, yeah. but they're doing it anyway. I think most people will enjoy that, I and that's just awful. Yeah. I think we're lucky enough in that we we often review movies and always like the movies we review because you and I don't have enough time to go and watch everything. So, like, we mm. didn't go watch Cats. If we'd done an episode <laughs> on Cats, we'd be probably tearing that to threads as well. So, most of the movies we do episodes on, we like. Yeah. Um, I think that this is probably, out of all the good movies that I've ch- tried, I've tried to make sure I only choose to see movies that I'm, g- I'm pretty sure I'm going to like. Mm. Out of all the movies I've chosen to see this year, I think this is the worst one. Yeah, I certainly think like that I, it was the biggest disappointment of this year. I only say that as a setup because I'm sure there are heaps of shit movies, but if I hear that a movie's probably shit, I'm not going to go and right. watch it. Yeah. So out There's of all the movies that I chose to go see, this was by far the worst movie I saw yeah. this year. Holy uh, shit. Worst movie I saw of 2019 for sure. Comparative yeah. to and and especially when you take into account like how good it should have been. I almost think that could have Solo been. is better than this because yeah, I think maybe. Solo was a bit of fun and there wasn't yep. enough existing canon for it to be contradicting. Where you're watching it and being like, wait, what? Yeah, we were just watching it at the moment, and being like, oh, that's a funny way to rationalize. The and they did some the stupid best. stuff, like his, yeah, his what his name was. Yeah, like oh, here's why he's called Chewy or whatever. Right, exactly. but like those were the biggest faults of the film, I think. Yeah. I don't know. I don't really remember. At least he's it, not looking down camera and being like, I'll tell you what, as soon as I meet anyone named, I don't know, Luke Skywalker, I'm gonna hit him. I'm gonna hate him. No yeah, friend right. of mine, exactly. any Luke Skywalker out there. At least he's not contradicting shit that's actually part of the existing Star Wars canon. Yeah. So yeah. I think in terms of better than worse than, I think this is worse. This is the worst Star Wars movie I've ever seen. I think this might be... I, I literally think that I enjoyed The Phantom Menace better than I enjoyed this. The Phantom Menace is a bit of fun and The Phantom Menace has enough exciting new world stuff. I think that's it. Exciting new establishing stuff yeah. that doesn't contradict shit. I think The Phantom Menace brings so much new material in that like, with the exception of like the Jar Jar Binks, it's a stupid fucking plot. Like the plot is incoherent, maybe just as incoherent as this one. But at least it's starting from nothing. It's not like mishandling some already existing plot where you've been given something to work with, and then they go, no, no, not that. This. Yeah. What? What? So I would say the Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker is worse than Solo. It's worse than the Phantom Menace. You'd that's a to, that's a big call for Star Wars heads. You'd have to test me on episode two and three. It's probably up there with being just as nonsensical as episodes two and three mm. in terms of just horseshit movies. Yeah, I still think the best Star Wars movies are Rogue One. Yep. Um, Last Jedi. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And your favorite of the original trilogy. Yeah, whatever. I don't know. I I, I haven't seen the original trilogy or even really the prequels in, in like ten years. Tw- or something, yeah. yeah maybe like 20 years for the prequels. <laughs> but um, I'd agree with the first two, at least, in living memory. Like the, I think Ryan Johnson did a great job with what he had. I think he actually tried to... He probably wanted to take more risks, and they yeah. like reined him in. But The worst bit is that this movie retcons and ruins existing Star Wars movies in like you're watching Rogue One and you're, you're going to be able to be like, this doesn't matter... This doesn't matter. Yeah. This doesn't matter. This doesn't matter. And you're going to be watching the end of episode six and being like, oh, this doesn't matter. Yeah. The main payoff at the end of episode six being ruined is, is pretty emblematic of like what this what this film thinks of itself and what it's willing to do in order to like be the be the full stop. 
you know? It just, it wanted so much to tell the story that it wanted to tell that it was willing to undo a shitload of work to tell it. And it, as a result, deeply suffers. I think so. Deeply suffers. And yeah, you're right. I didn't find it fun. I just, I just was frustrated. I don't have a different, better than worse than, in terms of the Star Wars films, exactly what you said. I can't think of a single Star Wars film that Rise of Skywalker is better than. No, it, this was... It's so stupid. It's so bad. This might have been better than one of the new Star Trek movies. <laughs> I don't know. Probably not. Like, based yeah. on... Well, I haven't watched episode two and three in ages. People say episode two and three are fucking awful. I'd have to go back yeah. and have a look at them. In I any case, know. those are our thoughts. We run super long, so I reckon that'll do it. Oh, but well. I, if you have, I think if you've, if you've already seen it, you are listening to this maybe out of catharsis. <laughs> if you enjoyed it, I'm sorry. But we got to Jeal- hook you into that you. machine because, yep, you'll have a great time. Yeah. And uh, if you haven't seen it and you just wanted to listen to it, and you, if you haven't seen it by now, I like it's not worth your time. Just don't bother. Oh, I don't know. I, don't I think. If if I could, I knew it was gonna suck, and I went to watch it because I wanted to watch the new Star Wars movie to finish off the trilogy yeah. in the hopes to be like, oh, maybe I'll get something out of it, and everyone else is wrong. So I feel like go and watch it. You know you want to. Go watch it. Just know that it sucks and try and enjoy the ride. Are you gonna see? <laughs> are you gonna see the next Star Wars film? It depends what it is. If it's another standalone one, I'll go see it. Oh yeah, it will. I don't know. Yes, yes, of course I'll go see it. I don't know. For me, it'll totally depend on who the director is and who's writing it. If it's another J.J. Abrams, I maybe I won't. But like, of course I will. I'll see it at some point. Yeah, I'm just not interested I'm in t- another just, fucking one it. of these. Yeah. It's gonna be the same thing. He's probably gonna redo the prequel trilogy. Fuck. Yeah, imagine that. Anyway, he'd that was that already well. a redo if of just, the fucking... If he just had to redo another mo- an old movie shot for shot, he'd do it brilliantly. Yeah, reskinning would be great. Anyway. All right. That's it. Uh, yep. Come join us on the Facebook page. Like us on Facebook. Uh, join in on our discussions. Very, very soon, we're going to be doing a best of 2019 yep. episode. We're still deciding whether we want to delay it till the end of the Oscar season, but in any case... I think we, I think we will. Yeah. Maybe what we can do is maybe a best of the decade oh fuck i don't have enough ability though i'll be like oh scott pilgrim was pretty good <laughs> uh, yeah i don't know i think it'd be case, fun to just go through a list we've, we've got a couple posts on that facebook page already but if you if you got any other of your favorite favorite films from the last decade or favorite films from this year in any case post them in our facebook page let us know what yeah. things you're excited for coming up i'll start up another top 10 too. that's it our email address is beefstationpod at gmail.com contest by email or on the facebook page we'd love to hear from you Thanks for joining us for this brand new 2020 episode of oh Beach yeah. Station. First ep of 2020, baby. Happy New Year. It's all downhill from here. <laughs> I'm Oscar. I'm Andrew. See you later. <laughs>